Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Well, I am joined. Well, that was a great start. I am joined by two good friends of mine, uh, Thomas and Laura. Uh, we're doing another episode um, of the Adventure Games podcast. Um, so first of all, hello, Laura. Hello, Thomas. How are you guys doing? Hello. Good, thanks. Good. Uh, well, you're just back from Ireland, Laura. How, how was it? <laughs> it was really nice. I just caught up with some family, but then did did some little touristy things because i don't normally get to see much of dublin so yeah it was nice to do a bit of mix really yeah and you saw some leprechauns <laughs> <laughs> yes we did, did. See, yes. did you eat lucky charms did you go don't to the talk about her don't talk about her family like that yeah uh, yes oh. how dare you <laughs> well you literally went to the leprechaun museum we did go to the leprechaun museum <laughs> yes yes um and yeah just went up around sort of the key areas of dublin yeah it was it was nice and the weather kind of held out for us also went to a whiskey distillery which was nice, Ooh, nice. that yeah. sounds more on brand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was good yeah i think that's yeah that's probably sounds more yeah probably more fun i imagine as well and <laughs> well you know uh we couldn't meet because i was seeing probably a good friend of yours i believe graham norton do you know oh, him, Laura? yes graham <laughs> yes I saw, yeah i gave my uh apologies that i couldn't make it to him he uh, did uh, yeah. Well, he, he gave a Eurovision scoop. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go on. Uh, um, he said he's definitely, absolutely, definitely hosting the Eurovision in the UK. I mean, Ooh. well, when he said that, well, actually, I mean, h- how truthful do we have to be when talking about a scoop? Okay, how close to yeah. a fact do okay. we have to be? Why? What do you mean? Well, he was asked about it and he kind of uh, hummed and hawed and he said that, uh, well, I think he was asked indirectly about it, but he said he was concerned because he said he loves doing the Eurovision, uh, talking about it on for the BBC. Um, that is his favorite job. He said that's that's a scoop right there, that is true. And then he said that there have been discussions with people, but nothing has been decided yet. But he's concerned because, uh, if he does another thing involving the Eurovision, then whoever does his job might be better than him. And that's what he's worried about. Oh, I see. So that's the scoop. Uh, okay. Well, we, <laughs> I think you there's heard no way first. he isn't going to be doing it. So Yeah, I think he'd be really good at it. So Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, back to the Adventure Games podcast, <laughs> which has now become the award-winning Eurovision podcast. Ooh. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, no. So we will be talking about adventure games, one adventure game in particular. But if this is your first time listening to us for Return to Monkey Island, we will be talking about that. First of all, non-spoiler and then going into spoilers. We will give you advanced warning. Uh, but there are other adventure games that um, have been released that we will be reviewing and talking about that have been on Kickstarter and everything. So um, so shall we get started uh, with Let's. the news? And unfortunately, we start with some pretty sad news. And that is that uh, Disco Elysium developers have left involuntarily from the company. Uh, This is from Martin Luigia, who's an editor on the Disco Elysium. And uh, he wrote on Medium. Now, there there are NDAs, so they had to be very careful with the wording. But he said that the 
lead writer and designer Disco Elysium Robert Kurvitz, writer Helen Hindpair and lead of art and design Alexander Rostov. They left the company in an involuntary manner. And of course, he went into more detail on medium.com. Um, and uh, he seemed to take a shot at some of the investors, but then acknowledged that without them, the game probably wouldn't have uh, gone ahead. And he also said that, but still, the sequel is, um, they're still kind of working on it. He said, which I didn't know, but he said that might not be the same. Uh, now, the company Z is. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Zaum. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, they responded. Uh, they said, like any development, it's a collective effort with every team member's contribution essential and valued as a part of a greater whole. At this time, we have no further comment to make other than the Zaum creative team's focus remains on the development of our next project. And we are excited to share more news on this with you all soon. So this only happened, well, we only found out about this yesterday, I believe. Uh, time recording so well first of all what are your guys thoughts on this i had no idea that those people had left at all mm, uh, it was last year i believe that but nobody did i don't think yeah it's um well they are some of the most important creators for the game i guess uh so yeah i'm i'm it's it, it smells it's all smells very fishy it was it was kind of weird because my whole twitter feed was suddenly running full with people commenting on this and I was like what the hell happened mm. before finally this uh this news came up and yeah it's it's not going to be the same it's if 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 those if if you know the head writer and the the person who created the art and everything that yeah. th those were so significant for this game if of those people involuntarily were booted from the from the from their own company I'm like yeah I'm not exactly looking forward to a sequel then mm. because it's not going to be the sequel that the original creatives uh, would have wanted. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to be a downside, but if I look at, based on what I know now about what, what has been going on there, I, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll just look out for the game that they will be making, mm. not necessarily mm. what that studio is going to be doing. Yeah, and I don't know what that means for... I mean, I don't know if they ever were thinking of doing a Disco Elysium sequel, yeah. whether that was even ever in the works, but doesn't really look like... It won't that, be the same anyway. <laughs> that would happen. It wouldn't be the same, no. Whether it would happen, it would, wouldn't be the same. So, yeah, bit of an unusual one. Yeah, because Disco Elysium itself was so unique. I mean, so uniquely written that it's really hard that it's the lead writer, the, um, well, two writers... And the uh, lead of art and design. I mean, of course, another person also wrote on Twitter saying, look, don't give abuse to people who are still working there at the company. It's not their fault. They didn't, you know, involuntary. It's people who probably don't have social media presence. It's, you know, board directors or investors or whoever. But I think they were mentioning some people were giving abuse and even death threats to the other people working at that company. And again, that's that's not helpful either. It's not their fault. <laughs> Um, so I just wanted to mention that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very strange, unfortunately, these things do happen. I mean, especially with game developers, we know that it's not a secure work. It's not a secure job. Only a few people have, I think, uh, are unionized and work is continuing to try and give security to, uh, to developers because we hear stories, you know, and I would actually think as much as I love games, what? Why would people become game developers? Oh, from some I know. of the stories that I've I have heard 
um, which we don't have time to get into. I mean, we could be spending hours on it, but mm. um, uh, yeah, no, very sad. I hope that they will. I mean, I'm sure that they'll be able to find some work based on their experience. We'd hope so. Yeah. Um, or set up their own company again. And uh, but look, the very best of luck to them. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, well, in happier news and better news, uh, Francisco Gonzalez announced the voice cast for Rosewater and he announced it exclusively on this podcast, which uh, I was surprised about as much as anybody else. Well, he's um, the but... first guest on here. That is true. Francisco Gonzalez was the very first guy. He was the very first, actually, no, it might have been Liv Ubor. Let's say Francisco Gonzalez was the very one of the first people who agreed to come onto this podcast way back in 2018 at Adventure X. And I think if he had said no, and if Liv Ubor and Dave Gilbert said no, then his podcast wouldn't exist. So I do have, you know, a special place for those people. So thank you to those people. And Francisco, and he didn't disappoint. Uh, we don't have time to go through the entire voice cast, but it's a. Uh, I mean, this is certainly, I think, probably the most recognizable voice cast of any adventure game. And that's not hyperbole. I'm not saying it's the best. They're being fantastic voice cast. But, I mean, just some of the people involved. I mean, I can't remember exactly the names, but it's there's a Walking Dead reunion from Telltale. There's uh, about six people who gave Sissy, voices. Sissy Jones. Yes. Um, some... Uh, some um... Uh, Monkey Island alumni. Monkey Island alumni. The guy who played Manny Calavera. The guy who played Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption, I believe, or Red Dead Redemption. Yes, 2. that's right. Yeah, that was a big get, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and several others. The guy who did the English dubbing. Roger in... Clark was his name. Yes. Sorry, the guy who Thank played you, Arthur Morgan. Yeah. And who? Uh, the guy who did the English dubbing of the main character in Squid Game uh, is going to appear on it. And uh, so much, so much more. Yeah. I mean, I was, ju- I just kept going. Wow, I felt like Owen Wilson. I was speaking <laughs> to <laughs> to Francisco. It really, and so we know it's going to sound well. And then some um, uh, Ivy Dupler, and I think uh, I can't remember his name. Someone else who has uh, uh, and the woman who does uh, the Voodoo Lady and Carla yes. from Monkey Island. Yes, uh, I mean Leilani just... Jones Wilmore. It, it's really astonishing. So huge congrats to Francisco Gonzalez. People can check out that on YouTube and on the podcast if they want to get the full details. And it's uh, it's worth saying the demos that's coming out, I think it's just come out today, actually, Monday the 3rd. Uh, the Steam Nextfest Next oh. demo is going to feature the voice acting. Wow. So you can play the updated demo with the voice acting if you're interested to see what that sounds like. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, I I was going to play it anyway. I was already looking forward to it, but I think now it's, I don't know if it's possible to go higher, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just has. And that's going to be released sometime in 2023, which is probably a good thing with all the great <laughs> adventure games already coming out this year. Especially um, this month. Good grief. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, well, we'll get into reviews. Um, but uh, also I had a chance to speak to Tony Warriner, one of the co-founders of Revolution. It's his third time. Uh, be- appearing on the podcast because uh, his new book, Revolution, the Quest for Game Development Greatness, uh, has just launched on Kickstarter about two two weeks ago, nearly three weeks ago. It's still on Kickstarter at the time recording. It has met its goal, but of course, uh, anyone, uh, if you want to help out. Now, when we spoke, he said that he still doesn't know if it's going to be out afterwards. So if you do want to uh, get a chance to read this book, the best way at the moment would be to back the Kickstarter. If you listening to this while the Kickstarter is still on, of course, uh, because it's such a massive book. And again, he's doing it his way. Um, he spoke about, um, well, behind the scenes for Revolution, 
and the behind the scenes of Broken Sword and Beneath the Steel Sky and publishers that, uh, shall we say, not exactly creative, didn't have the best interest at heart. That, And it went into some detail in the interview, but in the book, it goes into a lot more detail. And I I was looking to read a little bit of it. He was kind of to send me an advance copy, a little bit of at least. It's still, still changing, but and it's, it's very well written. It's an easy to read. And I told him, I said, this could be a movie. <laughs> Um, this could actually be a movie or TV series because it's so interesting just what they had, you know, he and Charles Cecil and everyone just had to put up with to get these games out the wow. way that they wanted them. It's it's just really, really, really good. So I'd encourage people to check that out um, and also just, you know, listen to the interview or also on YouTube as well. He's a great guest as always um, as well. And another Kickstarter, Foolish Foolish Mortal. Now, I can't, I can only say this in like a villain <laughs> voice. Foolish Mortals. <laughs> that uh, that Kickstarter just launched. Now, again, was, was that your management voice? Uh, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Foolish Mortals. <laughs> uh, thank you, Laura. You're, I think we'll make a good double team with the laugh. <laughs> Coming up to Halloween as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just on Kickstarter. That's by Inklingwood Studio, David uh, Younger, uh, who... Surprise, surprise, I am also doing a live interview with, I will have done a live interview, hopefully, by the time this episode goes out. Uh, but I've been looking forward to this game and this Kickstarter ever since I first heard about it, because I mean, it looks beautiful. The backgrounds to it look astonishing. And also, I believe her name is Tanya Liari, who is uh, Tony Warner's partner, and she's currently working for Revolution. And she's a background artist herself, and so she's it was other people as well but again the backgrounds just look absolutely astonishing haven't had a chance to play the demo yet but i've heard some good things about the demo and um looking forward to uh well when i speak in the future back to the future i know what i've already spoken to by the time this comes out but uh people should check that out as well and back to kickstarter if you so wish yeah i have uh, yeah uh, yeah it looks great so i'm looking forward to it and there's also a big box going to be available with manuals and other stuff as well if one of the rewards as well. So I have to see if, how I am doing money-wise. But yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but that's the problem. Well. That is the problem, yeah. But there's so many great stuff coming up. That's Foolish Mortals. No, sorry, Foolish Mortals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know I'm already yes. killing that joke, but yes, I'm going to keep no doing it. <laughs> and, and finally, last Kickstarter, Nick Bounty um, was also successful. Uh, Mark Darren, who also worked uh, on Tales of Monkey Island and The Walking Dead. Um, I'm delighted that this was successful, A, because I love this game, and B, because uh, he said, you know, he had some pretty serious illnesses uh, mm. that he had to retire from full-time game development. And he did his Kickstarter as a way to try and help pay for the medical costs. Uh, he just was asking for $500. He got over 9000 Oh, uh, So good. I am delighted. And he's giving us something in return. It's not just that he's asked. I mean, look, uh, you know, certainly in that position, he's in America. Again, another story. Mm. But I'm delighted that we're getting something. We're getting this game, this remastered game, which is really good, at least the previous version, which I played years ago and uh, and we're helping him out as well so win-win for everyone um so i look forward to playing that as well and congratulations to mark darren on that and uh then um uh, did you guys know i mean i know there's been some discussion about adventure games being dead well uh this isn't the only podcast about adventure games did you guys know that 
that there are what i know there are other podcasts and uh, about adventure games one in particular which is called ask us about loom and uh or as i like to call them well, the, the did, enemy did uh well <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay competition enemy so i am now on a quest if you will to try and uh destroy from within these <laughs> enemy podcasts by, by appearing on them exactly ah. <laughs> i appeared on this other podcast uh now and, I believe and you, so you, killed, That's the... you killed them with dad jokes like you're trying here hey. no actually I, I was on good behavior actually I, I was let out on good behavior uh <laughs> i mean it might have been good jokes i believe i'm contractually obliged to say the following that ask us about Lou is uh well podcast was started but two years ago by matt latham uh, their first podcast was not about Lou, it was about the Secret Monkey Island. So he get got together with some friends and they talked in detail about one particular game. Uh, now, because real life happened, uh, the next episode was two years later, uh, about a couple of months ago, where they spoke about Gone Home in some detail. And then he invited me on, on the podcast to talk about The Colonel's Bequest because uh, I played that because he, it was one of his favorite games growing up and I played it uh, just recently. So we thought we'd get some, uh, you know, maybe not different opinions, but different ways to going about it. And uh, I had a great time speaking with him. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. He's a great host. Um, and I had a really good time uh, chatting with him. Again, we do talk, first of all, non-spoiler about Colonel Bequest, and then in spoiler detail. The reason 1989, but anyway, just in case anybody hadn't played it. Uh, and um, yeah, we talk about is it uh, ahead of its time and talk about the characters. I talk about murder mysteries because I love those kind of stories as well. And Agatha Christie and Sherlock Holmes and that and compare those to this game. And uh, and yeah, so we'll include the link as well to that episode. And yeah, I'd encourage people to check out uh, the other episodes as well because there's a lot of fun. Um, so I think that's um, the end of my contractually <laughs> obligation. Um, so yes, my quest to uh, destroy the enemy podcast uh, continues. Uh, another quote-unquote enemy podcast that I want to give a shout-out to is the uh, Adventure Game Club uh, by Michael Clemerus. Similar thing. They they have an adventure game club, like a book club. They talk about a game, I think, every month. And they've started a podcast and spoken about, um, uh, well, Norco, Flight of the Amazon Queen. And the most recent episode was about a queer adventure game bundle. Um, oh, cool. Some interesting games there as well. I believe for one game where the game was a therapist, uh, which sounded fun, and other fun games as well. So you can listen to that podcast as well. So, and speaking of uh, enemy uh, <laughs> publications, uh, Laura, do you have anything to say? <laughs> Wait a minute! Why? <laughs> Hang on a minute! Why is that being? Uh, why, is, why is that being introduced like that? <laughs> Well, because, uh, you know, you at this podcast, I'd like to have just spoken about some of the guests that we've had. Yeah, uh, exactly. Which are very good. You've also had some, uh, <laughs> okay, guests that you want to say, which guests you have had on, which guests you are going to have on. So, uh, oh, I suppose, yeah. So I, I started on Twitch. I did this a while ago, and then I just, uh, it became a bit more of a thing this year where I just had some people. I had the lovely Dominic Armato, who's the voice of, um, uh, Guybrush Threepwood, and Weiss, he was really nice. Had him on. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, stuck them up on, on, on my YouTube as well. And then I don't know, uh, I don't know how this happened. I'm still kind of trying to get my head around it, but Ron Gilbert must have seen the video and just messaged me saying like, do you want to interview me as well? I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh yep because <laughs> um, you know at some point I was gonna message him anyway but mm. I didn't really expect anything was gonna happen with it but yeah so we'll be speaking to him it'll be on my twitch which is just twitch.tv forward slash press up uh on Sunday the 9th at 8 p.m but if you missed that or um you know if you you're not able to make that then I'll, I'll stick it up on the YouTube as well and that's again just cross up um so but yeah if you're able to make it it's obviously going to be like a live q a so i need to start thinking what the hell i'm going to ask him um, I, i'm sure he'd be happy if you asked about uh art style i think uh we haven't heard enough about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly it's i mean I'll it's be... going to be maybe i should say obviously it's going to be mainly like return to monkey island focus because obviously mm. he's spoken at length about <laughs> monkey island in general but I, I guess people want to ask about stuff in general but yeah be, it'd be mainly return based yeah, and uh, yeah, do you think you'll be doing spoilers for that interview? Yeah, I think so. Mm. So I think we we will obviously I'll mark it that we are doing it. I'll sort of, but I you know I want to talk about the ending. So I'm and, and I'll be playing the game as we do as we talk about it. So um, oh, yeah, multitasking. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be quite full on, but um, yeah, it should be just pray for me and that it will go okay because I'm a little bit worried but it should be fun I'm sure I mean, if, if you want to send him on to, the, to this podcast you know yes I mean yeah <laughs> I mean I no. did let's just say I didn't contact him he messaged me so he... I feel a bit like I don't want to push my luck but yes yeah well I mean look some people might say that I am jealous and spiteful but um, <laughs> you do com- come across a bit like that <laughs> I mean I know I genuinely I am not but I'm a completely separate unrelated no, to Laura, I don't think I'll be able to pay you uh, for this podcast that yeah. we do. It's, Wait, uh... sorry, Wait. were people getting paid for this? Are we getting paid? Oh, you didn't know? You didn't know that? Well, Laura, no. you won't be. I mean, it's <laughs> just kind of, yeah. Oh, well, that won't make a change then. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm yeah. delighted that at least one of us will get to speak oh, to him. God. I will try to get him well, on the podcast. Well, there's only one of us just getting paid here anyway. Hey! <laughs> no, I would encourage you because uh, you've also had other great guests, you know, Sam Barlow's on your podcast. Yeah, he was uh, really nice. I mean, he talked for ages. It was two hours speaking to him about yeah. immortality. He was lovely, but well, I, yeah. Very, very. I actually, oh, they've all been great. They've yeah, been I mean, nice. I've bought Immortality as well. You, I was convinced. Anyway, I will see yeah. when I get around to playing it. Okay. <laughs> you, also re- you also reviewed it, uh, but yeah. So check out Laura's Twitch. The 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 link is in the show notes. Um. So, uh. Oh, also before we get to the reviews, um, there was a hint about a Maniac Mansion either remaster or sequel. Craig Derrick who is one of the, I think, the creative lead at LucasArts, a.k.a. very important pirate, <laughs> or person at least. Uh, he wrote a tweet where he just finished off thanking everyone um, for Return to Monkey Island, and then he finished off saying, hopefully soon we can return to the mansion, in capital letters. And uh, now he did clarify that, look, this is just wishful thinking. But, you know, as creative lead at LucasArts currently, if anybody can make it happen, uh, he can. So if he wants it, he's like the Kevin Feige of this. 
um so and uh yeah we shall we shall see uh very briefly what would you guys like to see return or not return to monkey island return <laughs> to the mansion minic mansion or yeah why not i mean yeah. i i work i would welcome any <laughs> new games it was the first point of click adventure i ever played uh, oh wow wow because it was the first point of click adventure <laughs> well, Ron Gilbert yeah. in the in the adventure games panel in PAX. Uh, now, this is from him. You can ask me about this, Laura. He did say that Minic Mansion that you know I might have a good story gameplay wise. I think he said it's a bit of a mess that there are dead ends still and yeah. illogical puzzles. Again, that's not saying it's a bad game by any means, but I think he would like to fix it. He did tweet to David Fox, I think, say, "Hey, how mm. would you like to?" remake Manic Mansion with uh, removing half the puzzles or something. Um, but look, this is just a rumor at this it would, stage. It would be necessary because when <laughs> I played it, it technically, because Maniac, if, you, if, you, if you've never played it, Maniac Mansion is a is an adventure game where you select um, two of the three uh, kids that you that you play with. So you go into the mansion with mm. one one set character and two uh, characters that you that you can pick yourself out of nine, I think. Yes. It, Not it every is... combination could would allow you to finish the game, as far as I know. Oh, so, really? Right. Oh, well, that's a problem. I don't think so. I don't think so. Some combinations were just very, very hard. Right. And, and, uh, but I, I thought it, Colossal Cave is the first traditional point. Like I mean, we could have this argument which which is the <laughs> first point. I think I, which is the first adventure game, first text adventure, first point that's and true. click. What is an adventure game? Who oh, are we? Where are we? Well, they're we? all dead anyway. It doesn't exactly. matter. Exactly. What are we talking about? We're dead. We're, <laughs> oh. we're undead, apparently. We're you know, talking about this dead genre that, um, you know, no, no new games out. Um, At all. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, um, before we get to the reviews, uh, first of all, I want to mention we are on Patreon. So if you like adventure games, if you want to help us out, uh, we are an independent podcast. You can uh, you can help us, um, and uh, you can uh, so it's like subscription. Sure, people know how Patreon works. In case you don't, kind of like subscription, you pay a certain amount every month, whatever you wish, and you will then get uh, these episodes uh, earlier than anybody else, at least twenty four hours in advance before they're publicly available. You get some extras. There are some spoiler special interviews that I did with James Dearden of uh, Techno Babylon. Agustin Cortez of Scratches, the developers of Interrogation, uh, several others, and uh, and maybe some more in the future. I uh, can't guarantee anything at the moment, um, but spoiler uh, interviews will be there. Uh, the last Adventure X uh, interviews that I did, with all that background noise, remember when people, or people are now allowed in, but with people in the background, they're only available on Patreon, so exclusive interviews there. Uh, and uh, and yeah, you can get all of that on patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast uh, if you wish to help out. Yeah, and so. yeah, and if uh, again, if you choose not to go on Patreon, that is uh, perfectly fine. Uh, but another way you can help us out that is free of charge is if you review this podcast uh, on Apple Podcast, I believe Google, maybe we do have a link. Uh, rate this podcast forward slash adventure games podcast. One line would be enough. You can rate us five stars, please. That really helps with visibility. It helps with the adventure games we cover. Helps with the uh, developers who we interview. Uh, so not just us. And um, and if you hate this podcast, don't say anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can give us feedback by email, info at adventuregamespodcast.com and then five-star review. Now, if you do, we do take on board feedback as well. We have a survey as well, which where you can give your feedback as well. 
And if you're listening from outside Ireland and the UK, oh, yes. then please take a screenshot of what you've of your review because we can't see those uh, reviews mm. and yes. tweet them to us. Yeah, that's a good point. We can, they can read them out. We will we'll, we will read them out in the uh, yes in uh, the episodes. Yes, we're so desperate. We'll even read the one star reviews if you know. Oh, <laughs> Don't give no. us one stars. Um, I oh, do get nervous. Funny. Yeah, if they're funny, but no, please, if you can, you know, give us your feedback, but that would be great as well. Also sharing these links, these episodes, because if I do it, you know, it's considered spam, but if other people do it, um, it's it's better if at all possible. So, and thank you all for listening. And uh, we're also on YouTube. As I said, the live interviews will be on our YouTube and hopefully one day Twitch uh, once I figure that out. <laughs> um, so shall we get to game reviews finally? Yes. Um, yes. As I said, we will be reviewing Return to Monkey Island, but let's give a shout out to other adventure games. That <laughs> there are other adventure games that are out. Um, shall we start with you, Thomas? Because you had an interesting game, uh, Beyond Blue. Uh, do, do you? Uh, you said you had a trailer. We have a trailer. Yes, there is a gameplay trailer, so we can uh, we can play that one before we continue to the review. Okay, so I'm going to seamlessly uh, play this uh, gameplay trailer. Uh, it's very seamless. Playing it now. One second. Uh, where are we? There we are. So yes, so this is a trailer for Beyond Blue and then followed by the review. Inspired by and featuring content from Blue Welcome Planet Welcome to the two. Western Pacific. I'm Dr. Mariah Soto, and I'll be your eyes and ears on this expedition. I'm joined today by two colleagues. Hello, I'm Andre. And I'm Irina. First time on a live stream. Be gentle with her. That's close enough. You can use your dive water to control the boy from there. I'm scanning to train our AI to recognize sperm whales, and so we can hopefully recognize our specific friend later. Hello, Mariah. Thanks for checking in. Feeling settled in the sun? I'm great. Nice suit, nice sub. This solo subtest makes me nervous. We're definitely fitting it out for two pilots next time. Didn't you help design it? Yes, but now you're driving it. Well, you don't see that every day. At least I don't. Neither do I. Looking good, Mirai. The Manta drone is ready for its first zoom scan. All right, baby. We won't forget you now. Great. I've been waiting for this. I have just activated your UV light. Now you can see what a swell shark sees. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, this dive just keeps getting stranger.
have something I know you'll want to see. Okay, so that was Beyond Blue. You guys did hear that, didn't you, on your end? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, we, we would have mentioned it. If, if, yeah, if, we would yeah, have I, 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 I guess that. I was like, oh, they haven't said anything. Uh, yes, as I said, uh, seamless. Um, yeah. So, Thomas, <laughs> this, this looked like, I believe you mentioned this was like a swimming simulator instead of a walking it simulator. Looked, it, it sort of reminded me quite a lot of Subnautica. Yes, um, yes. I I actually thought this was going to be a Subnautica type of game, um, but it turned out to be, as you said, like a walking simulator in the sea, uh, a swimming simulator, if you will, where it is. Um, you you play this diver who has been um, around uh, sea creatures all her life. Uh, her grandma taught her everything, and she's now in this uh, in this team that is trying out different stuff to uh, document everything under the sea and trying to yeah make the the sea better and get people more interested in and um it is basically one big documentary actually um where you 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 swim these missions there's you don't have to worry about oxygen or being attacked or anything it is uh, I actually thought, as I said, it, I thought that would be the case because it looked so much like like Subnautica. You're even scanning, uh, scanning sea creatures, and if you scanned, the more sea creatures you scan, the more information you get from them. Certain uh, certain uh, types are very rare, so you only have to scan them once or twice. Others you come across a lot, so you have to scan them thirty times or something like that, and then they pop up in your. Uh, um, in in your in your computer, and you can see more information about them. And this is basically one big game that is uh, there to teach you more about the ocean. Um, it's it's as if um, um, the BBC would make uh, a walking simulator out of Subnautica. That 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 is, that's what this would be. Uh, it has that vibe. Um, there is. It's not all happy, happy, joy, joy, because there are dangers under the sea for the sea creatures, and it's being that's being addressed as well. Uh, but most of the time, you're just swimming these missions and um, trying to figure out what is happening with these sperm whales and other other creatures under the under the ocean. And it's um, the more you find out, uh, every time you come you come back to your uh, submarine. You have unlocked more information as well as um, little, like two-minute documentaries about uh, uh, made by the BBC, I think, uh, about what you're seeing. Um, so it, it's both uh, relaxing because it's a very it's it's got none of the stress of Subnautica. It's very <laughs> relaxing, and uh, it's very uh, educative, and uh, yeah, it's it's really it's really beautiful game. Mm, yeah, it looks beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, um, so I was very, I was very pleasantly surprised by this. Yeah, I mean it. It looks very rela it's relaxing. I mean, as you mentioned, it's not all happy, happy. But uh, did you get what that feel? Well, you've already mentioned that. I suppose that's none of the stress of Subnautica, but just from the trailer, it looks really relaxing. Yeah. So there's nothing attacking you or anything. Mm. Um, no sharks or anything. 
No, there are plenty of sharks. They're not attacking oh. you. You can you can swim oh, up to good. them. You can scan them. This is not what this game is about. This game is about uh, discovering uh, these sea creatures and uh, learning about them and trying to find out what is going on that is hurting them. Because as I said, there are some bad things happening, and you're trying to. And this is all based on uh, on real life, real life science. Uh, uh, real life biology everything you see here is uh, well except for the fact that she can swim for hours without having to replenish her oxygen uh, yeah. is, is just <laughs> realistic cool. so um, yeah you can swim with sperm whales you can swim with whale sharks you can swim with octopi it's it's gorgeous it's really beautiful really really fun and relaxing game yeah cool no cool you mentioned this game I was like, that sounds really cool, actually, because, I mean, I know you mentioned maybe lack of realism with the oxygen, but I think sometimes games are better that way, that they don't have to be 100% realistic. Um, if you just want to enjoy uh, being under the ocean, I think that's fine. Did, did that bother you at all, ever? No, 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 because that's that's not the point of the game. The point of the game mm, exactly. is that you, like you, you um, uh, as you could hear in the trailer, they're investigating sperm whales. One of the sperm whales has given birth, which is a rare occasion. Um, so um, she's very interested in uh, in the welfare of this uh, uh, whale calf. And um, you just you swim up to the sperm whales and you swim around and you then you have to scan them at certain spaces. Like first you scan them tiring, then you have to scan them like in the tail to scan their uh, certain markings to see if you have the right, if you have the same whale, um, and and there are a lot of uh, things. And then you put there are these bow bowies that have um, these uh, based on um, on sounds, like they they can uh, play whale sounds back at the whales. So they're trying to figure out what the whale songs are, and um, that leads you to uh, new creatures and new reactions. It's just, it's really, it's really beautiful. There's also this, this sub, um, um, subplot, subplot with, um, <laughs> subplot. Did, yeah, I, I did I say that wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, with her. <laughs> yeah. So if you you get you get back to the to the sub when you're done with when you've done all the things for that mission, you get back to the sub, and then you can uh you can talk. Uh, you see several items. You see what she's working on. You can turn the, you can turn the music on in the sub or off. Uh, you can select. There's a whole playlist of songs, which is really cool. And then you can also call with your sister. You can call with the other two uh, members of the expedition who are not in the sub. Those are the ones you heard in the trailer as well. And um, there are a bit of subplot going on there, uh, but eventually all has to do with, um, with with the whales. So it's, yeah, it's re it really is like a walking simulator, except under the ocean. Cool. Uh, yeah, so it's a swimming sim simulator. Like, sounds like a Blue Planet to the adventure game, or the swimming yeah. accelerator. Yeah, based, it, it, is, it is based on Blue Planet too. so... Yeah. Does does David Attenborough ever make uh, an appearance? No, but this would probably be uh, what you would get if he were to write an adventure game. <laughs> oh, that that sounds really interesting. Yeah, actually. that does sound. That's a good <laughs> way. Yeah. Uh, cool. And so even is... if you even if you finish the whole story, you can still uh, once you finish the whole story, you can just choose whatever chapter you want to go back in. And uh, for instance, if you've not found every sea creature yet, or you haven't scanned them enough yet, you can just go back, replay some things, or just swim around trying to find the 
the, the fish that you didn't catch or uh, stuff like that. Uh, catch with your scanner, not catch for real life. Cool. Uh, so so there's, is... there's some replayability there as well. Okay, and that is Beyond Blue. It's out on Steam, I see, please, uh, by Eline Media. Xbox and PlayStation. Oh, thank you. And uh, they've also made another game called Never Alone. Um, searching, I think, in the Arctic as well. So we've gone from uh, the, the sea to the Arctic. But this game is yeah, Beyond but, Blue. Yeah. Ne Never Alone is a platformer. Oh, okay. I've well, played, okay. That Ignore that. <laughs> really good one as well. Really okay. good one. Okay. Well, thank you, Thomas. So that is uh, be Beyond Blue. Uh, so uh, next game. Uh, the game that I have been... Sorry, this, uh, this game, I don't know if it's a spoiler, Beyond Blue, does that talk about the environment and climate change? Is that ever in this in the game, or is that a spoiler? That's not a spoiler, but it, it is mentioned, of course. Okay. Well, the reason I ask as well, because the next game, this is kind of like climate change episode, because uh, this next game is a game that I have been looking forward to ever since I first heard about it last year. It is Unknown Number, a first-person talker. And in this game, you actually answer the phone that is on the screen and you talk, you literally talk to the characters throughout the game. It's kind of like, you know, a Siri the adventure game. Um, but I think there is there is a trailer that I think I can play, which will at least show you guys, people can hear it. So we see this girl who was playing the game and it showed the gameplay as well. So then I'll talk a little bit about it uh, afterwards. So uh, here is a trailer for uh, Unknown Number, a first-person talker. I am in this till the end. So do I open the voicemail? Up already. We're stuck in the boat at the base of the ridge. We need you to call 01595. Welcome to Sligoil Security Systems. Please say the passphrase. Oil? Which officer would you like to give an order to? Officer Walters. <gasps> oh my god. I do solemnly pledge to sacrifice all that I am. I can't believe I just said that. Cross on one. Oh my god, you hear Slego. Who must be staring straight at me? Oh my god, it changes every time! Ah! <laughs> I really don't want to say. Laura had a little lamb. What? This is a transmission from the Metropolitan Police. Do I want to get in with the police? Let's talk about my money. Yeah, which we stole. I can't tell if you're good or bad. Oh, if this is Morse code, blaming hell. Two no, no. and a half minutes to go. I will, I will, I will. I will. Oh, no, don't die. It's a brilliant dollars. Please say you got it. involved and then you hang up on me this is a toxic relationship you're gonna come back begging for more i know you are yeah i worked you right out <laughs> oh i had a smile off my face was watching that trailer and i played the game <laughs> so i guess it is it's probably worth explaining uh that that yes. is a streamer who's playing it not someone in the game itself it's someone yeah. who's playing it and yeah. thank uh, you that yeah um yeah that thank thank you laura so that voice we heard is from a streamer from someone playing the game 
uh, there are actors in the game. So basically, uh, you open the game up, there's a phone in the game, and then you get a phone phone call, and then you click answer, and then you get these two eco-warriors who are trying to storm an oil rig of company called, an oil company called Slygod, and they're, they're wanting to steal $7 billion uh in seven different um locations seven different boxes uh so right from the beginning you have to decide uh are you going to help them or are you going to call security and uh now again the game you you use your voice as you saw heard in the trailer you talk to the characters mainly through kind of yes or no you um uh, also have to decide you know uh if you're helping them which officer to say you know say officer jones go here and then it allowed the two characters to go where as well um and there are times as well when you're not using the voice when you're using the uh, number pad on the phone in screen and uh so i had a great time playing this game it was a huge amount of fun um it was it is very unique. I can't think of any other game where you use your voice like this. And so, so a few reasons why I liked it. First of all, the story I thought was was good. It was interesting. Uh, it mightn't be, it mightn't win the best story. The war might be a little bit predictable at times, but still I thought it was quite good. That uh, it, it does kind of change. Like you think that this person is, oh, they're not good. And I was like, oh wait, are they though? And then, the people who think are good, are they as good as they seem? And are you making the right choices, helping them? And uh, so I thought that was good. It was very well written. Uh, the acting was really, really good. I believe the two actors are recorded together. And I think you can uh, I think you can tell. They are very funny uh, at times. And then it gets serious. And I think that they're, you know, really good together. The rest of the voice cast is really good as well. Uh, the game doesn't take itself completely serious seriously because the, you know, the security in it isn't very good, shall we say? But um, you know, that's a ho. Uh, so the puzzles. So you have to resolve these puzzles to open these boxes with these uh, cryptocurrency uh, value of one billion dollars, and they're very varied. Uh, there is one game where you have to play knots and crosses. Again, you use your voice. Uh, there were, again, I don't want to give uh, spoilers for all the puzzles, but uh, there are times when you have to, as you saw or you heard in the trailer, you have to shout, and I mean shout, or whisper, and again, I mean whisper. I actually had to stop playing because when I was shouting, it wasn't good enough for the game. Oh. And it was becoming late at night, and I thought, oh, I don't want my housemates to... Uh, to wake up and so I said I'll play it again in the morning so I played it again uh, but yeah the puzzles were very were very varied and I was laughing again like this streamer uh, she was kind of you know laughing it kind of get, can get very tense at times because with these situations that the characters find themselves in and they're calling you and say please help us and then say call this number and you get at least I had to, had to get a pen and paper to start writing down furiously the the phone number now they do ask you again if you don't get it the first time they do ask you do you do you need it to uh or to repeat it now it is funny as well because if you do say yes and then it asks again is that okay do you need us to repeat it and then she might say please say no please say no this is very serious situation have you got the number so they do kind of help you along the way as well if you don't get it the first time um, and so you see this, um, it was also an internet browser in game. So you do need 
at times to use the internet browser to find solutions. At least I did. There are some um, some puzzles that I didn't know. For example, there's a science-based puzzle. Uh, so I used the browser and I don't find solution that way. Um, and uh, it is full browser in the game, which I like. So it means you don't have to quit the game or don't have, means you don't have to look at your own phone um, to look at it. And um, and yeah, and then the it's I was really invested uh, all the way through as well, uh, up until the end. And some moments do get emotional. Um, I think there is one or two moments where you might you have shall I say the illusion of choice um, that you think you can make a choice, but then the game will go one way. And so I suppose that could be an issue now. I did ask the developer about this and then they explained. I can't go into more detail because it's a spoiler. Um, and I kind of understood then, uh, you know, why mm. did you, you do something you don't want to do? And he said that, yeah, we really wanted you to do that, but then have the illusion of choice, but then that you know, okay, you have to do... Happened a couple of times, actually. Um, things, things like this. And uh, yeah, I, I suppose then... Uh, it's you know when I say it's a, when I say it's a first person talker, there are only a couple of times when you do actually say sentences. So it's not uh, you're not just having conversations. But that's probably because the technology isn't really there yet. This is an indie studio. There is one mode that's very funny that um, the developers themselves mentioned this. So it's not really a spoiler, but you have to imitate a woman, imitate a female character. Uh, now, guessing for you, Laura, that wouldn't be an issue. Ooh, but for, yes. Yeah, for me and Thomas. Uh, we'd have to speak like this. So, I mean, I should stream myself playing because it was a huge yeah. amount of fun that get hearing me trying to imitate a woman and then you're told if, how good of a job you did and uh, they would say, that's okay, funny. the character would say, uh, okay, that's good, but, you know, go a notch higher. And you go, oh, I am a woman. So the, the game doesn't always take itself completely seriously in a good way, I would say. Um, so... Yeah, overall, it took me about, I think, nearly four hours to play, which about right, you know, it didn't feel too short or too long. And I suppose the one word that I would use when playing this game is fun. I was playing this game with a smile on my face. Sometimes it did get a bit frustrating. There were two puzzles that I got stuck on. The first puzzle in the demo, which I got really stuck on. But then I watched a walkthrough, a playthrough, and then when that guy found a solution, and then I just hit my, my head like, oh, actually, I could have got that. And it's a... Other puzzles, you know, involving music and other things. And at first I thought, I, I can't do this. But then I was able to work them out. So the solutions are always logical. There was never any moment that I go, oh, this is moon logic um, as well. And, you know, overall, it's quite easy enough, I think. But then again, you're so stressed in a good way, so tense that you're kind of like, okay, I have to help as well. Um, and then there's some, uh, you also have the police officer who we saw on the trailer. So again, you have to decide, oh, what am I getting myself involved in, uh, in this game? And how far should I go? And then they do some interesting things again with the voice technology, which I can't really go into for spoilers. Um, and uh, there is an interesting puzzle towards the end as well. Um, and again, I'd love to talk spoilers about this because it's, uh, yeah, I really hope that people check this out. It's I haven't played a game like this. And what I like is that it's not just a concept that is good. Uh, because That was my, one of my main concerns going into this game. Is the game going to be as good as a concept? And thankfully, everything else is. As I mentioned, the story, the acting, the puzzles that are varied are just as good as a concept. So I had a huge amount of fun playing this game. And I definitely recommend 
people check it out. It could be like a party game, a group game. You could play it as different people using their voice on this game, or one person could take notes while we're talking to the character. I think it would be a good game to stream as well. I think the people will get a, uh, you know, a lot of fun out of it. Um, so that is Unknown Number, a first-person talker. Uh, and it's available <laughs> on stream. I, I said it slowly because I called it Unknown Talker and I got the name wrong a few times. So, uh, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I, I spoke to the developer that got up in studios last January and to that uh, interview is going up on the podcast next month, I believe, uh, the full interview. So you can hear more about it as well from the developers. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, any questions on that or are we move on? No, Not I played either. a little bit of that when I was at EGX. Oh. In oh, what, did, what did you think, but, Laura? Yeah, I, it was only, I think it was interesting mm. because it was at the festival and uh, at the conference, you know, and it was quite loud. Yeah. They only had certain bits you could play. But yeah, it was an interesting idea. So I'd definitely be up for, for trying out the full thing. Seemed yeah, it's really nice. cool. not, not too long either. No, and, yeah, um, it's nice. Yeah, so it's great to see people doing these, you know, interesting, innovative things with games and with in, in adventure games and just games in general, story games that, use your voice and i'm looking forward to see what we can do in future you know hopefully the technology will develop further and um and yeah no definitely i think this could be a good way to introduce people to games and adventure games because you literally mainly use your voice and then tap the keypad but again it's it's varied so i think people who are casual gamers or not gamers i think they could uh, enjoy this as well so if you know it reminds people... me a bit of uh, of that game that you control with blinking yes I still to play didn't, that. Didn't, but yeah. didn't you play that, Laura? Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, that was that was a really unusual mm. thing. It, oh, I was thinking of that as well. Like, it, it's cool when there's sort of things yeah. with, but it, but when it adds to it, yes. rather than it's making not, it like uh, a gimmick, and it yeah, exactly. sounds like that did that. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm delighted to say that. At least in my opinion, um, it definitely uses the you know the voice application. Well, I suppose you. Uh, you know, you might need, I know I have a microphone. They say that the laptop microphone is good enough. I haven't tested it there myself. And also there were only a couple of times where I had to repeat where the game didn't understand what I was saying. But hey, look, it for the most part, it understood my accent and my pronunciation. So um, again, you would need to speak English, obviously, uh, to get the full enjoyment out of the game. But it does understand different accents, um, which is good. So... Uh, that is unknown number of first-person talker available on Steam. So from one climate uh, change adventure game to another, uh, Thomas, you and I had a chance to play this game called Norco, which a lot of people have been talking about, which was released earlier this year. So uh, why don't you set us up and then we can talk about what we thought about it. Yeah, Norco is a southern gothic point-and-click narrative adventure. That's a whole mouthful, but it is. <laughs> that emerges the player in the sinking suburbs and verdant industrial swamps of a distorted South Louisiana. <clears throat> this is basically a, yeah, a Southern Gothic cyberpunk uh, game. And yes, it is as weird as it sounds. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> they, um, you're basically investigating, um, yeah. What are you investigating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, this is kind of one of those games where... Well, I don't know. <laughs> you have to explain. <laughs> Without giving spoilers. Yeah. Um, need some help, Thomas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... So, yeah, now it's been, a, well, it's been over a month since I've played this. But yeah, so basically what we can say is that, first of all, it's set in Norco, Louisiana. Norco is a real place, which I didn't know before the game. 
Um, but you, so your mother has died. Uh, I believe your your name is Catherine, and you are issues with your family. So you just go traveling all around the US. Then you hear that your mother had cancer. She died. So you go back to the home, oh, yeah. and then you see that uh, your brother is nowhere to be found. So then you have to try investigate what happened to the mother. Uh, because she was um, investigating something, one of the oil companies of Norco, Louisiana, and she found something in the lake. And then also you investigate at the same time the disappearance of your brother. And then, uh, don't get the spoiler to say that there are a few flashbacks to your mother where you play as the mother. So you play in the present day uh, as the daughter and then you find, find out what happened to uh, your mother, what she found and what has happened to your brother. And it, that, that sounds kind of no, well not normal but you know normal story-ish it does get weird <laughs> yeah it, it gets weird pretty quickly um what i really like about this uh, adventure game um is the way they set up like the the whole like if you find a clue or if you meet someone new then you can go into your mind uh, yes, sort of a mind, a mind map. palace mind yeah. map palace yeah where you can um get more information uh, about what's happening and you can try and piece uh, the pieces together. Uh, and the more, the further you get, uh, eventually you, you, you want to have every missing piece in order to solve uh, the mystery here. And the mystery is, uh, is quite grand. Um, it obviously has something to do with, uh, with that um, oil company because they're always the bad guys. Huh. Uh, but the oil company is also very important to this town because of the jobs it creates. So uh, not everybody is happy with uh, with what you're doing. Plus, mm. uh, the character left um, this town. She left voluntarily, but uh, the people she left behind are not always happy with how she left. So it's not all uh, happy, happy, joy, joy with the people you come across. Uh, and did I mention that it gets really weird? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it gets really weird. Uh, it's it's hard to what explain. in the plot or the dialogue or the, everything. The yeah, mainly the plot. Yeah, so it, and again, I, I'm not going to give any context, but it is, and the game mentions it itself. But they mention Da Vinci Code, <laughs> which is, uh, which I was not expecting. I was like, wait, what? And again, it's like cyberpunk. One of the characters who goes with you, as well, is a robot called Million. And uh, there's a plot involving her as well. And then there's a detective uh, involved as well. And uh, yeah, and then there are multiple endings, which I didn't know when I played this game. Um, and I, I still need to go, but well, I probably won't be going back to play, but I still want to see the different endings on YouTube. Um, but um, yeah, no, overall, I liked it. What it surprised me was it's a serious storyline, talk bit of a climate change as well that's not the main issue i think it's, it's safe to say but it does talk about you know floods and i think after what's been happening in pakistan and that as well it does uh, have more of an effect probably and then in, with the hurricane just a few days ago uh, but it's also really funny did you get that thomas did you think that yeah <laughs> there are parts yeah, of dialogue that are really you. funny it's an odd sense of humor. I mean, this is optional. And how shall I say this? There is an optional dialogue where, so for one of the puzzles, at least in my playthrough, I needed 
to help a hot dog seller before he would help me. Now, he has some uh, dodgy hot dogs. Yeah. So to get someone to eat the hot dog and, shall we say, it doesn't end well for him, then you meet that person afterwards. And you can ask him in detail what happened to him and what he did. And in the meantime, he said, do you really want to know more? And you, I, of course, I kept saying yes. And then he kept saying, you're sick. And you can, you know you can bail out at any moment. You, exactly. It's completely. You really want to. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but I was. I thought it was just hilarious. Um, and yes, yeah, so the dialogue thought was good with the detective as well. I thought I liked his character progression. Um, and uh, and also the way it plays. So it's um, uh, it's you see screen and there's lines of text on the side. So similar to Disco Elysium, I would say. Would you say, Thomas? In the way that it's presented. Yeah, it it has it has it has some of that vibe as well. Yeah. Yeah, some of it. I mean, I think Disco Elysium is probably better, but and then to movement, it is first person, and then there's a little map with dots on the bottom right hand side. So a bit like Shadowgate, which was released many years ago so you then click on the dots as well or their exits on the screen and then you talk to characters and the lines appear on the side as well so the the graphics are it's pixel art and but in this case oh, it's, they're it, great I love it the didn't graphics. feel like you know for nostalgic reasons i felt like this is the art style that it shows because this is what the developers thought would fit the game and i have to agree it looks beautiful it looks absolutely yeah. stunning um and uh, yeah, I, I think totally it's, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Now I do have to say that I would have liked it maybe to reined in a little bit the storyline towards the end. Uh, it did get a little bit too weird for for my taste. Uh, but then again, I, I still really like this game. I'd still re yeah, recommend but, it overall. It, but I don't know. I think it's like it's, they had a lot of ideas. So let's put everything in. It's not <laughs> a com but but unlike some other games that we've played, like this game is weird from the start and that is just true. keeps getting weirder. <laughs> and it's it it just uh pushes it up and at the end uh it's it's completely bonkers, but you've been working towards that from the that very is true. start. And it's not like halfway through the game it or changes. at the end it's it completely changed. That's not that, the case. Yeah, that is it does build up. There is a build up to it. Now I'd say at first I wasn't sure uh what I think of it because I don't know if you mentioned it, Laura, from the demo or someone else said it that they found hard to get into. And I, yeah, I, I can understand I, it that. It really yeah. threw me off that demo. I really didn't, it felt very smug and oh. <laughs> sort of like the, the writing was very um, dense and hard to get into. Yeah. And I didn't really enjoy it at all. I'll be honest. It really put me off playing it, but then I have heard other people enjoy it. So I think maybe if you get into it more with the full context of the game, yes, it might be more I can, interesting. I can understand. I mean, I like this game, uh, but I can understand at least it's hard to get into because at first I wouldn't say I didn't like the game, but I was kind of like, what is this? You know, what, yeah. you know, where is it going? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Who are these people? What, you know, like, why, why do I care? Because you are kind of dropped into it and then you have to use the mind map for the backstory. And, and at first, you know, like I, I was thinking, oh, this game for me, but then I stuck with it and I'm glad I did. I wouldn't say it would be my favorite adventure game of the year, but it's definitely going to be my top 10, I would say. Well, not definitely, I, but I think it is definitely worth checking out. I think it's, I mean, I don't know if the demo put you off. I don't know if you would like it, then, Laura, if you didn't like the demo that much. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I certainly liked it. It was a little bit too weird at times when it got, but it did build up to it. It wasn't like it's sudden change, but it's definitely interesting. It's definitely unique as well. Yeah, there um, were some some mini games in there that yes. were that were 
decent. I, they were not impossible to uh, again. Very weird beat. with the fighting. <laughs> yeah, the f- fighting was pretty weird. Yeah, <laughs> that you have different. Uh, now it's overall quite simple. I think uh, if you don't like action like me in games, don't worry. I was able to get through. I didn't die once. Um, so I don't know what happens if you do that. Yeah, me but... neither. I, I didn't die either. So yeah. Um... So you, you have at least in my case, there were three different characters, and they're kind of like different skills which you kind of use on the on the villains um, as well. And um, I believe there was the developer mentioned on Twitter that oh, people are saying that this is uh, like um, what do you call it? like misery porn. I didn't get that at all. Like it is a serious story. It is uh, you know some bad things happen. But I didn't think it was like miserable. As I said, I thought there parts that I found very, oh, very it's, funny. It's, it's well, yeah, but it's it it's is part of the, serious. It's part of the genre. I mean, yeah. cyberpunk or, and and noir is misery. That that's that's baked in there. You won't you will mm-hmm. not see a happy, happy, joy, joy noir game. I, but, I mean, I I've never seen a happy, happy, joy, joy <laughs> cyberpunk uh, story. Yeah, so it's it's the nature exactly. of the genre. It wouldn't be exactly. a noir, I think. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I didn't think they went overboard with the misery, um, and you know, I thought that the story. I mean, as I said, I was invested. Santa I... Claus was a bit creepy. <laughs> yeah, there's a creepy Santa Claus in it, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and then there was masked uh, bo- uh, masked ball as well. And I mean, it's just so, the whole so the, with with the with the cult as well, which is just like, uh, it, it, it's like, yeah, what what were the, how did they come up with all these like this plot and these subplots and um, Lucy and, in the sky with diamonds, I guess. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, but look, I think overall it worked. Uh, would you recommend it, Thomas? Overall? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I played this on my Steam Deck. Mostly. Me too. Me too. Yeah. How did you find it on your Steam Deck? Played very well. Yeah. Overall, I did. I think I still have, now it's probably me getting used to the Steam Deck. Uh, but you know, using the what do you call it? Uh, uh, the joystick things, trying to go on the correct piece of dialogue. The touchpad. Um, thank you. The touchpad. Yeah. Uh, I still found it a little bit awkward, but I think that's more on my end, getting used to it, um, rather than yeah. the game because it is playable. I think it was said on Steam that it mightn't be completely uh, adaptable or verified, but it is playable on the Steam Deck. Um, oh, yeah. I, I played the whole game on the Steam Deck, and it, was, yeah. it went perfectly well. Yeah. So, yeah, so that is Norcode. I believe that's available on uh, what's available on Steam, and I believe it's available on GOG as well. Um, I uh, should have said, but definitely Steam. Uh, yeah, it's on itch.io as well. And uh, and yeah, so you can check it out then if you so wish. Uh, any questions, Laura, or is that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm just trying to think. I mean, that's kind of you've sort of explained the game. Yeah. And, uh, how long did it take you again? Did you say? Do you think? Uh, oh, it took me. It's uh, a good question. Let me quickly check that. It took me, I think, uh, eight hours to finish. Uh, yeah, I think about it took me about 10 hours, I think, to uh finish as well. But uh, yeah, so uh, wait, here we are. Uh, oh no, it said 3.3, but yeah, no, it took me about 10 for because I was playing in a Steam Deck. What happened was that I didn't close the game uh, when I turned out the Steam Deck, so it said something like 187 hours, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh dear! Uh, so and then it went back to three point three hours. So it yeah, wasn't it's... that hard a game. Uh, I know sure. that's that's <laughs> the longest time I've ever. <laughs> oh, longest dear. game ever. Uh, no, it took me overall about ten hours as well, between I think eight to ten hours. Um, so yeah, so that is Norco, and I don't know if we've convinced Laura to give it a chance. I mean, as we know, the adventure game genre is dead, so <laughs> no other games. And uh, oh yeah, so. Last game, before we get to return to Monkey Island, there is another game that is part of a long-running, much-loved series. Uh, this game is Siberia. And earlier this year, Siberia, the world before the fourth game in the Siberia series was released. Now, this came a few years after Siberia 3, which, uh, as when I reviewed it, I said it wasn't terrible. Wasn't great either, but I think it's safe to say that, that um, you know the games have been getting a little bit worse. Uh, but before I go into Siberia the World before, do you guys want to see a trailer of this game? And yes. so again, seamless, seamless, seamless. Trailer, trailer, trailer. Ma'am, is everything all right? It's just that you look very much like the person in the picture, Fraulein. Her name was Dana. Dana Rose. I've come a very long way to find out about her. I would really like to know who she is. It's very important to me, you see? It was a very long time ago. For an expedition, scientists were being trained by a local alpinist, Leon Kabatis. Just what I was looking for. Perfect. You should be ashamed! You are drunk, Herr Hoss. Out of my way. <laughs> How could you agree to this, Leon? How could you? Whatever could happen between Dana and Leon, I needed to be included one way or another. There's something sinister about all this. My mission was to guide you and the rest of the expedition here, not to get involved in your harebrained research. I don't think you understand the gravity of the situation. We'd better leave the mountain soon, or we won't survive. Promise me you'll be very careful. She left for an unknown destination. What happened, Dana? There must be a link between my mom and Dana, too. By the way, what is your name? Walker. Kate Walker. So that is Siberia, the world before. Now I'm actually getting chills just watching the trailer again. So uh, first things first, I'm not going to go into too much detail about this game here because um, I'm currently in the process of recording a retrospective of the whole Siberia series with friend of the pod, Rose, who has also played all four games. Uh, we recorded for Siberia 1 and 2. 
Um, at first, our plan was to record one <laughs> of all of the games. That didn't work out. Uh, so we're going to uh, we, we enjoy talking about it so much. We're going to talk about Siberia 3 and this game in some detail. What I will say here is, um, so that will be on the pod later point. It will be non-spoiler. And then again, we'll be talking in spoiler detail. What I will say about this game here is, if uh, you've been put off by Siberia 3, because I think some a lot of people have, they were disappointed with Siberia 3. You know, it was buggy. And I think with the story and different things. What I would say is, if you're put off this game because of that, don't be. Because I'm delighted to say, and I was not expecting to say this before I played a game, but bef- uh, this game, not only is Siberia the world before better than Siberia 3, it is the best Siberia game in the entire series. And I would say it's probably oh, one of my favorite. It's probably one of my favorite games ever. I, I Just when I was playing it, it literally took my breath away. It felt like, you know, everything was joining together. And, okay, I know whenever game developers set out to make a game that they always want to make the best game possible. But it felt like Benoit Sokal and the team that they really took all the feedback on board. They went back through the first three games, see what worked, what didn't, and then improved on everything. And we got this game. Um, It's, I mean, the, the story, again, I don't want to give spoilers here, but it deals with some sensitive topics it deals with uh you know it's an alternate kind of history but it, it deals with the holocaust in world war ii but does so in a very sensitive manner um w- one of the characters dana rose she's uh Vagarin, which is uh like a jewish person in this game and then the brown shadow they're like the nazis and you do see it it's never felt exploitative so there is action in the cutscenes, but it never felt like it's you know, trying to exploit, you know, what happened. The story is beautifully written. It's beautifully told. Just everything serves the story. So the writing from Benoit Sokal, uh, the gameplay as well, the puzzles were much better integrated into the story and into the game than the previous three games as well. Uh, there's an optional in-game hit system. The, the scenery is absolutely amazing. It changes as well, it looks beautiful. The music as well, it's, it's just serves a story. And there are, there are tears in my eyes when I was playing this. Uh, there are some, you know, shocking revelations that again, makes sense that it builds up as well. And it just felt like everything joined together when they made this game and for this game to be as good as it is. And I'm so happy to say that because, you know, I really like the Siberia series, uh, but I think there were issues with all the first three games. I think the first two games, which Rose and I do cover, there are some issues with the puzzles. I love the story, but there's some issues with the puzzles that were, you know, not very well integrated. There are one or two puzzles that I did find difficult here, but there is an optional in-game hint system that is uh, not intrusive. And I think it works, uh, you know, you click on it and then you get builds up to, you know, more, less vague, more specific hints as well, finally to the solution. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, I was kind of, concerned after Siberia 3, which, you know, I didn't hate as much as everybody, but this game, uh, it really had an, had an effect on me. Now, I suppose people might be asking, if you haven't played the first three Siberia games, uh, would you still enjoy this game? I would say yes, because it felt standalone. Now, it's also, it is a fourth part. It is the next part in the series. And, you know, it does reference events. It does take place after Siberia 3, so that's also another reason why I'm not going to detail about the plot here. Um, but it does take place after Siberia 3. Some of the previous characters, we see them and they are mentioned and they are referenced and it makes sense. And 
you know, the character progression of Kate Walker, I absolutely loved as well. Uh, but it does feel a standalone game. Most of the characters here only appear in this game. And in the historic timeline in the, during the Second World War, uh, those characters only appear in this game. So I do believe that people can enjoy this game on its own. Obviously, you get more out of it if you do um, as well. And the controls they've fixed as well, they've made better than in Siberia 3. And yeah, and also the I mentioned the graphics as well. You know, people are 2D versus 3D. Here, I think it shows what can be done with 3D. Now, I know the budget is probably higher in this game than many other adventure games, but they've really done really well with the budget that they had. And it is, I mean, it's tragic anyway that Benoit Sokal died, but I think it's all the more tragic that he never got to see the reception that people are giving this game because generally speaking, I think people uh, really, really like this game. And it it really ha had an effect on me, and I can't wait to discuss it with Rose. It's uh, for people to hear it as well. But I really would recommend that people check it out. Again, I don't know if you'd like it as much as me if you haven't played the first three Siberia games or how you'd feel. But from my point of view, uh, I absolutely loved the game. Uh, just the story, the voice acting, just everything about it. Few small issues, I suppose. You can't save manually, um, but you do. the game does save when you leave for another location. So if you did want to quit the game, you could just go, you know, go out a door or go to a different location. So not perfect, but it's okay. You also can't um, skip dialogue, um, which I believe this is a microid game like Vertigo. Uh, Laurie, do, do you have that as well? When you played Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo. Now, I think this seems to be a better game than Vertigo. I was going to say, I hope it's better than that game. Yeah, yeah. No, just <laughs> technically. terrible. No, no, just, just technically speaking. I don't know if you could skip the dialogue. It seems because with Black Sad, I remember you couldn't. Uh, so it seems to be a thing with Microids games, whatever engine they're using. Um, but even that. Are there a know, lot of loading screens? Because there was a lot on Vertigo. Uh, I didn't really notice. It didn't. If the word, it never bothered me. I suppose a few when it changed. maybe when no, it that's changed. That's fine. When you it, would know. If yeah, Vertigo, no, I never noticed literally... it. Yeah. When it changed yeah. from Kate Walker to Dana Rose, um, uh, there was some loading screen. But then the loading screens themselves were kind of fun. Like they, they give you kind of a recap as well of what's happening in the loading screen. Um, so, or do they? No, I think that's the beginning of the game. But yeah, no, it, ne it never bothered me anyway. Um, but yeah, absolutely love this game. Siberia, the world before. Did you guys have any questions? <laughs> um, I'm going to have to play all of them again because I played Siberia 1 when it came out, so that's it's, a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, myself and Rose are talk talking about them, but it's, yeah, well, you'll hear what we think because they're not all perfect, but I think this game, it is great that it ended this way. I don't know if there will be any more games. I mean, it's I believe it's a good, big seller, so Microids would probably want someone else to... Too, right, so because the, the ending was satisfying as well, I'm not going to give it away, but it kind of resolves this storyline. But then there's also a possibility for future, uh, for future games in the series if necessary as well. Um, so yeah, so I would say, it, um, I'd say check it out. Uh, and also when they're up, you can listen to myself and uh, Rose go on about the games. Uh, I mean, if you have played them. <laughs> Uh, we'll be talking, so I always do all these spoilers better. But here, no spoilers. I would say definitely one of my favorite games, at least of this year. Um, and we'll see then uh, afterwards. So that's Siberia the World Before, I believe. It's, again, available Steam and consoles as well. Right. Uh, so now, are there any other adventure? I think that's it, right? I don't think there's any other adventure game that 
uh, we want to discuss. I think that's nothing, it. Nothing. Uh, thank, thank you so much, guys. That's it Bye. for this. Bye. And uh, oh, through one gay monkey something, I believe. Uh oh, Laura, we haven't heard from you much yet today. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saving myself. <laughs> For this little known game. Some people might have heard of a little known game (laughs) called Return to Monkey Island. So what we're going to do is, first part, we're going to, for the first few minutes at least, it'll be non-spoilers. Yeah. And then we'll go into spoilers. We'll give people advance warning, but if you haven't played the game, um, well, first of all, Laura, would you recommend, because the people who don't want to are just waiting, would you recommend that people just play it? Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's a review. (laughs) There you yes. go. Uh, bye. So, okay. So now, Laura, as an expert, uh, since you're getting Ron Gilbert on your Twitch and Dominic Armato, let's see you try to review this game without spoilers, first of all. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd be able to. I mean, I think it isn't a spoiler to say that it, it's it sort of it manages to kind of continue on from uh, Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge, Um but set its own path, really. It's um, a story that, again, follows Guybrush's uh, preoccupation with finding the secret of Monkey Island um, and LeChuck's uh, preoccupation with stopping Guybrush from doing that and finding his own secret. And it's basically a sort of return to the characters we'll know from the first two Monkey Islands, but also... Uh, it, it takes in the stories of, of um, you know, three, four and, and tales as well. So it doesn't leave those out of the picture. Um, and it is, it's just, it's that kind of classic notion. And then it's Guybrush uh, with, with the characters we know and some new ones that we uh, we haven't um, sailing around trying to find once again the secret Monkey Island um, and uh, doing so not just on Melee Island, but many other locations as well. And the secret is... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that could be discussed in... Because we will sort of talk a little bit about the ending and the spoiler. But that is basically the premise of it. And I I don't think that gives that much away. No, I don't think there are any spoilers Um, in what you said. What what I think it does brilliantly is it just really brings in... uh, Obviously, with an excellent cast, an excellent voice cast, an excellent uh, writing and all that kind of stuff. But it, it, I just felt like it, it brought, it brings the adventure game into the modern age, and it, it does that by thinking of, of what people want from an adventure game uh, now. So, for example, whilst it is a traditional point-and-click adventure game, the there isn't this interface where it's like look, uh, pick up, um, or speak to that you would, you know, the verb coin that you would see on Curse of Monkey Island that you see in so many still modern adventure games. Instead, there's just two clicks. One of them. Uh, you kind of see inside Guybrush's mind, basically, and it will say, um, oh, that parrot looks mean. or And it's like what he's thinking, basically. Mm. Um, and you can click on that to hear more about what he thinks about something, or obviously you can actually interact with it. Um, and they've done that the same with the inventory. So if, you're, if you've got an item in your inventory, it's only going to show you if you can... It, use it with stuff that you can use it with otherwise it'll come up with like a, a red circle and a, a bar across it uh, and that it's just slimlining all these things down to just make things a bit easier you know there's a hint system I think I, I didn't actually use it in my playthrough but um, oh well done when I, I saw I, well <laughs> really uh, this because I used thing. I definitely used it <laughs> I used it a few times yeah <laughs> 
but I looked at other people using it and it is quite direct. So it's, yes. you know, there isn't too much. Uh, if you, if you want like a little bit of a hint that that's not really gonna, you know, it gives you quite a hard hint, but it's got all these things. There's a hotspot highlighter. Uh, there's an easy mode. There's a hard mode. There's a writer's cut yes. mode. There's a, in the settings. So if you haven't played the game yet, yeah. um, go into settings before you play the game and you can choose whether to turn on writer's cut. I've only played Which the I did. With, I played yeah, the writer's cut. I did cut as well because I, yeah. I do go into settings before playing every game. Thank God I did the same. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't. You could have told well, me. Oh, sorry. To, well, you started playing before I did. Uh, oh, that's I true. Like going on, <laughs> oh, so. yeah. Um, well, you could have told me too, uh, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Well, I'm, I, you also played before for me, I think. Oh, I damn it. <laughs> me, me and my sorry yeah thomas um, <laughs> yeah no so what's so that, that was it's it believe yeah, it's just on, the pacing yeah. sorry to interrupt but i believe it's just the pacing yeah wasn't it? yeah 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 the, the writer's cut is literally just uh, they just took out some extra dialogue and extra uh, bits that they thought kind of made it slow down a bit but i didn't really feel like it was that slowed down when no, i played it I didn't I didn't feel... <laughs> so you just get some extra dialogue it's not like a i think some people were confused and thought it was a writer's commentary but it's it's not. It's just extra scenes, basically an extra dialogue. So if you want that, go into the options. I think the menu. Um, and there's just so many little extra bits with this. You know, um, there's a scrapbook which you can go through at the beginning, which sums up uh, Guybrush's previous adventures, which can help you kind of remind you about what's gone on. I found at some point mm. when I was away for a little bit, and I don't. I have to uh, maybe ask Ron about this, but when I came back to it, because there's sort of a thing where Guybrush's. I, I don't feel like this is a spoiler, but you can take this bit out if you want. But like. <laughs> The way he's sort of telling about this is he's mm. telling his son about mm -hmm. what's going on, uh, about how this last big adventure he had, or one of his, you know, a, a big adventure. Yeah, he that's had. what happened to me as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so when I went back to the story and I'd been away for a while, um, we could have a reminder. The Guybrush was sort of saying, "Oh, do you remember what happened, by the way?" And if you, and he will remind you. So it's all these little things it that just add up to. The sort of same really well written, funny, mm. uh, clever adventure game that you used to, but really polished up to kind of and and same with the art style as well. You know, very mm -hmm. modern style um, that really polished up to be like an adventure game of of like the modern era. Um, everything you could want from really. Yeah, no, the, and about you know Guybrush talking to his son, it felt so natural and still yes. in game that it reminds you what's going on, and it also felt like a father son conversation that the father very sweet, yeah, yeah, very sweet father asking the son like, oh, you know, so do you remember what happened? You know, were you paying attention? Uh, you know mm -hmm. what, and it was very very sweet, and also in the game helping the player remember, uh, where we are at the point, and similar to. Heaven's Vault. If you remember what Heaven's Vault, if you come back to it, there is a line that kind of tells you how, uh, you know, what's been happening, where you are as well. Uh, but this was in-game. And I thought I really liked the extra effort that they went to uh, about that. So, yeah, I think I'd have to kind of agree as well. I think it is, as you say, a very well-made get. I, I thought the pacing was excellent of the story in general. It's different parts that start off being self-contained a little bit. Um, yeah, so you've got your Then acts. it opens up. Yeah, different acts. And then yeah. it opens up. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Act 4 could be a game on its own, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it probably longer that, than a lot of games. Act 4 is, the, is the, by far the yeah. longest. Uh, but it's also the bit that 
looks the most like the previous games, I think. Yeah, it yeah, sort so... of reminded me of two, that one. Uh, Absolutely, Apple, yeah. Because you're going yeah. different islands, different locations. You've got loads of different things you have to do at once. There's a to-do list you've got as well, which reminds you of all yes, the things you've got to I do. Like <laughs> all these little extra just helpful things. And I know that's not that isn't necessarily what makes a game great, but it just shows it they helps. made this with a, a lot of love. And they were thinking... Mm what do we how can we just make this the best monkey island game and that's what they were thinking and trying to do kind of feels like you know with siberia like how do we help the player as well because i know with some devs as well that they're probably thinking we don't want to handhold you know the the player but you know, so don't want to make that's why i think some developers are against in-game hint systems hotspot highlighters now what i would say is it's not really highlight uh you know handholding but you can make them optional i think Making the gameplay experience easier, more intuitive, I don't think it's hand-holding. For example, I I don't think pixel hunting should be part of any adventure game anymore. No, I agree. I don't. It's, I don't. It, obviously, it was part of it. Yeah, yeah. but we're yeah. moving on, and yeah, you know, and if people, you know, developers might say, oh, but you know, the classic adventure games back in the 1990s, this is how they made them. They're too easy now. Well, Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman, who were who did make classic adventure games, have made a new adventure game. And they have made a modern adventure game, you know, as you said, hotspot highlighter, in-game hint system, which you don't have to use any of these things. Um, Quick travel, can... so you don't have to... Exactly. Uh, it's everything is trying to help. Yeah. And the puzzles I found still, you know, most of the time they were okay, uh, but they're challenging enough. I wouldn't say that they were all easy by any means. You still have to think. Yeah, I, think... I agree. I think most... There was one, I won't give it away, but... Um that had to do with the machine that was broken and I hadn't really realized that it was <laughs> and that you needed to fix it. But that like, mm. most of the things it would be like, okay, I need to do this. And I, and uh, you know, if you haven't got the thing yet, you go do something else and then it'll pop up and it, it's, yeah, I, I think most of the time you're right. Everything was telegraphed pretty well. I feel exactly, like a lot the of the dialogue as yes. well. Yeah. Like if you needed to uh, say there is a character who you want to tell jokes to, and then you remember, oh, another character actually might have a joke book, uh, which is pretty convenient. But then, <laughs> but then you you go to that character, and then that's another puzzle by trying to get that character to give you yeah. the jokes book. So it's never like, oh, I have absolutely no idea what I am doing. Where am I? What it's like? No, I okay, I know what I need to do, but trying to figure out, okay, how do I go about this? What do I need to do to get this thing for this other thing for this other person? Um, and uh, regarding the hints, I did use it a couple of times, uh, but the great thing about it is usually just the first line when I was thinking, okay, what, um, what do I need to do now? Because if I haven't played this in a while and I, you know, in a few days and I click it and then it says, oh, so can you remember where, you know, say if I forgot that another character had the joke book, it might say, so you need to tell this person jokes. A book might be handy. Where could he find that? And oh yeah, so I was still able to solve the puzzle. Yeah, but that just gave a nudge, a little yeah. nudge. And yeah, was... and if you needed more, you can just click. Yeah, click just on the next hint and if you wanted it. Yeah, and it. Uh, Ron Gibber mentioned this in, on Twitter as well that the, the game always knew where you were uh, with the hint system. That I checked the hint system, and I think it times it said well nothing to do in this room <laughs> yeah exactly which uh, so is it's amazing astonishing. I, I would say probably the best in-game hint system i've seen i know it's a lot of hyperbole but it's not really hyperbole today it's uh it's it was fantastic the way it was designed and uh thomas i don't know uh, wonder before we get into the spoiler part uh what what would you t think overall 
non-spoilers. Well, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, mm. I played it on uh, on the Steam Deck, and I <clears throat> deliberately did not rush through the game. Me, so, me too. Um, yeah, I played about two hours every every evening since it came out, <clears throat> and I loved that. I could go just jump back in, and uh, uh, the the notebook I found very useful, especially in Act Four. <laughs> because the, the, the game mm. is relatively straightforward, except in, in Act 4 where you can do a lot of things at the same time. Uh, it's still it's 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 incredibly funny. It's got that uh, completely got that Monkey Island feel to it. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a grand success. Uh, I have no issues with the art style except for one thing. Okay. <laughs> I didn't like that they gave uh, um, Guybrush, uh, um, uh, a, a beard, beard. Uh, stubble, yeah, stubble. Well, he's, Did he have he's a beard in Monkey Island yes. too. No, but for me, for, I always thought that uh, Guybrush would be clean shaven. Okay, that, that, didn't he, he did have a, have a beard in Monkey Island too? Yeah, yeah, but then the later ones, maybe I think he was clean. Yeah, no, in Monkey Island too, I think then Curse he's back to being clean shaven. I quite liked his and beard in two, and I and his Ooh. coat too. It's quite a Ooh. sort of. Not in that way. It's just the way you're saying it, Laura. I quite like that. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. No. He's got the huts for Guybrush. No. Well, who it's a computer character. Um, Maybe we should start calling her Elaine. Oh, yeah. okay. One thing, I, yeah. So, what do you think in terms of the voice acting? I know we've, I've sort of said, like, oh, yeah, it's great. Mm. Um, it's obviously not, um, I, I don't think, I, am I right in saying the voice actor for Elaine was different from previous? Was um, she? No, I think, I think she was not. I think oh, it she's was the, the same. same. Well, that's interesting then, because I felt like she brought something a little bit different to Elaine in this one, and it, maybe that was just the writing rather than the voice acting. Then, but she she seemed a little bit kind of uh, a a bit more forgiving of Guybrush. I know she kind of is throughout the series, but she she I mean, seemed there could a bit be a kind of for that. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> uh, true. Uh, a, a bit sweeter, a bit kind of. On, on the yeah, softer side, there, there, all, there was just a yes. bit more of a sort of niceness between both of them, I guess. That, that is true, because yeah. especially I remember in Escape when she's like, Guybrush! Yeah, there's a lot of that. And mm. she's a bit more kind of, I mean, she does still love him, but there's definite parts where she's quite fed up with him. Again, understandably. But, I, I, um, yeah. And, and understandably fed up with him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Understandably yeah. fed up, but um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I, to the extent where I was, she was a bit more like, oh, well, never mind, and kind of a bit chilled out with it. And I, and I, it's just interesting mm. in general. She was more encouraging. Like, yeah, I and I think just yeah, perhaps, and just to see how the characters have grown, like you were saying, you know, Guybrush mm. has got his stubble, and and he, they have a child, and he's kind of. Uh, become more of a fatherly figure in some ways, but also in other ways, he's quite immature still and still got these kind of fanciful <laughs> notions. Um, you know, there's all these kind of different ways that that they've tried to keep the characters we love, but they mm. they have grown it's up. Slightly with it. I mean, different, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Wally looked a bit different, um, even though he's still he was also obsessed very with Max. <laughs> yes, very forgiving. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I suppose with this version of Elaine, like she's. Apart from one instant in the game, like we don't see her kind of action side of it that, uh, um, you know, that we've seen her before, you know, taking out the sword and, you know, fighting. Mm. Uh, we do see it. It's in the trailer. Not a spoiler, I don't think. But um, I won't give the context. But we do see more. And I thought there was difference between the two. I mean, 
she was more positive. She, uh, again, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that she was uh, trying to um, cure scurvy, you know, try to do something positive. And then we'll get into this more in the spoiler part of it, but uh, Guybrush had a trail of, dis- left a trail of destruction behind him, like environmental uh, destruction, uh, destroying people's ways of lives, all because he, with his obsession to find a secret. Um, which I thought was interesting. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Uh, side what, of it. just his obsession to find yeah, it? And yeah, I mean, I thought it had. I, th- I think it was kind of interesting. I quite liked it, and the fact that mm. no one else really cared, and it was just <laughs> him and, and, and the, the Chuck. Chuck. And yeah. obviously, there's a new character that's sort of interested in it as well. Um, mm. I, I don't know. We, Captain Madison is another character who we we kind of see is in intrigued in that as well, um, and is brought in. But yeah, I mean, I kind of liked it that it it what you know in the in the first one, and, and certainly from on that, you're kind of meant to believe like everyone really cares about this secret and it's a big deal, and um, because you're kind of a mm. bit more with Guybrush as the protagonist. But I feel like in this one. You're you're able to look at him from a sort of side glance, and he's there being like, uh, he does a lot of things where he messes things up, and um, all for this name of the secret. And you're kind of left to wonder, mm. is it is it worth it really? Um, which I like, and I like the fact that it could at many points it's just LeChuck and Guybrush like on and on at each other, and LeChuck's crew are like, we don't really care, <laughs> like shouldn't we be doing Something... more pirate stuff? <laughs> uh... Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I suppose we could get into it in the spoiler section now. Before we do, um, Michael Clamorous, who I spoke with, also had the other podcast, The Adventure Game Club. Um, he wrote on our Discord. Again, people were very good about avoiding spoilers on our Discord. I have to thank everyone for that. Um, but yes. he said that he he played it, he absolutely loved it, and he's looking forward to his second playthrough. And I think uh, probably overall it's been positive. I know there have been some rumblings, which we can probably get into in the spoiler section. Uh, is there anything you you'd like to say before we get into spoilers, uh, either, you guys or? Oh no, let's go for it. <laughs> let's go for spoilers, Thomas. You're okay to go to spoilers. Let's go for spoilers. Okay, so again, if you're again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I, I, I should have got a klaxon or something. Just to... Spoiler. Yes. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was your what? spoiler warning. If you haven't stopped listening now, it is your own fault if you're being spoiled. In, indeed. So we've covered it non-spoiler. I mean, you probably if you see the, the title Return to Monkey Island in the, the episode title, again, if you haven't played it, again, just stop listening now because we're going to go into spoilers. Um, so I think they've been given enough uh, warning. And um, so, yeah. So, oh, my God, it was an amusement park all along. <laughs> or was I thought, it? I thought wow. the spark was brilliant. Yeah, which, I... Which, I think that was a good way of dealing with the fact that it was going to carry on, which was obviously the fact that it started and you were like, wait, what's this? But it, it was Guybrush's yes. son. And yes, his yes, that's friend. the first. Yes. Uh, At first, I was like, where is this going? Now, one thing that I will say, because you, know, you played it more, most recently, Laura, when you get to the end of Monkey Island 2, doesn't Elaine mention, I hope Gu- uh, LeChuck hasn't put a curse on Guybrush? And then we see the eyes glowing of uh, Chucky at the yes. end of that. So, I mean, it's pro- it's totally like it's an issue. Uh, they have to get around that ending somehow, and I like how what they did with it. But is that like, is it exactly really canon, or is that just part of their imagination? Or 
Well, I think that's supposed to be the point, isn't it? That's kind of the deal. I mean, I'll be honest, I still need to have a think and sit down and, <laughs> about it all because there's a lot like the same with the ending where I'm like, but well, how does, yeah, how well, would that yeah, exactly uh, work then? Yeah, with yeah. the other games and uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think it works with the other games because the whole point is that he is telling this adventure and it's like he, what happens is in that's... his, you know, he's embellished things as he goes along. So I, I think that does work. And that's the whole point is tr- not so that it can kind of sit amongst all of them. That, that and the whole, true. you know, you mentioned the point with the lane and um, the eyes flashing and they even pick up on that point as you. Do they? Yeah, at the beginning of the game, they talk about, hey, you can pretend to be um, Guybrush and, and I'll have my eyes flashing and be the chuck or something. They say something uh, like that I and that. they mention it. So <laughs> okay. they do. Ig- they ignore what I it. said then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, sh- I should trust really Gun- Ron Gun- Gilbert. Gun <laughs> Rilbert. Ron Gilbert. Oh, he's not coming on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree. I thought that the way they got around the ending of Monkey Island uh, 2 while keeping all the other games after relevant and canon was excellent. And I wasn't, I you know, th- that threw me, the twist threw me. When, I, when we were playing, I was like, wait, are they LeChuck and Guybrush as their kids? Is this part of a dream? Is what is going on? And it's, but I also found the prologue very, very charming. Um, I really liked just, I mean, I could have played the whole game with those two. Um, you I know, actually thought going we, around. Might, we might have been doing that. Uh, yeah, that's my thought. I, I, but when that started, I had no, uh, I, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised by how they managed to get around everything. But I also thought, oh, okay, this is going to be the game then. And then it turns out to be Guybrush is telling a story to Boybrush. So that was, uh, I was quite well done. Yeah, and I also liked how at the very beginning, we thought were their real parents, but they they were just saying, "Hey, let's pretend that these guys would be our parents." And then the the man and woman were saying, "Okay, can you kids just go off now and <laughs> leave yeah, us alone?" Us. <laughs> Which I thought was really good. But yeah, overall, and then there are puzzles that introduces you to the game, and you know, to the to the kind of the charm of the game. And I just thought it was it was lovely, <laughs> the prologue. I thought it was really well done. And then as we mentioned, the way it answered. The previous game so now i see monkey island 2 in a different light that i'm like okay that was my one real issue of monkey island 2 that the ending just felt like a star wars joke like i am your brother but now after this game it's kind of like oh okay that kind of works now <laughs> um i kind of have to replay that game now <laughs> <laughs> which is not, not such a bad thing i mean I've, i just feel there's so many i i've just realized there's like a whole island that i didn't see in return to monkey island which is hidden uh i think there's going to be so many easter really? eggs yeah what, my, my you, can, you can explain or you can uh explore yeah which was cut from the game but which you can you can still find basically really? i didn't yeah. know that uh yeah i've just been looking it up on if you ever if you want to find loads of monkey island spoilers mix and mojo is the place you want to go oh. um yeah i don't know should i say or do you uh, like uh, okay, well, I I'm okay, Thomas. If you want her to say, I, I'm not going to say what's on it, but I'll just say Cog Island. Uh, which if you were collecting your trivia cards, and we didn't mention that, that's oh yeah, yeah, that's another game. thing I liked, yeah. Um, which like <laughs> tests your trivia of the game and previous games. There's a reference to an island called Cog Island. Um, and saying where is it located? And I was thinking I've never heard of this. Yeah, I don't um, know. <laughs> but apparently there is. You can find it on the map when you when you find that trivia card because it gives you a location and. It 
It's it's apparently oh. a place that was cut from the game, but we which you can still explore. Um, just yeah, it, it's got no relation to anything in the game anymore, but you can still see it. Oh, that's, uh, but that's I'm just gonna I mention that in terms yeah. of like I feel there's gonna this game is gonna be bringing up Easter eggs and little bits and time playing it you know, and yeah. People oh, going, well, what does that mean? And why did he say that at that particular point? And then you'll be like, oh, of course, because of this. And yeah. I'm going to have to replay it because um, apparently if you've collected, um, if, you've, if you're collecting the trivia cards and you've not answered uh, 10 um, cards, then you don't find any more new cards. You have to answer the cards before oh. you can find new cards. And I didn't know that. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go through the game and answer all the cards when I'm when I'm near the end, and then I completely forgot about it. But and if you answer a card incorrectly, I think you lose the card uh, because I answered one yeah, card incorrectly. No, if you answer it incorrectly, but if you go back, you uh, after a while you'll find it again in the same place. Oh, the same one. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I have yeah. no idea where I found that one, but I, yeah, I, I I just completely forgot about answering those cards, so I, I still need to go back and uh, and replay a bit. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it, it's, it adds a nice new depth to that. Definitely, uh, to that. there's more yeah. more to find uh, in the game as we replay it. Yeah, and the fact that there's ten endings. Yeah, yes. which oh, kind yeah. of trip through uh, me. Uh, before we get to the to the endings and see what we think about it, what one thing that I liked, which you mentioned in your review, Laura, is with um, that Guybrush and LeChuck are the only two well characters who care about the secret. Mm. That even one of the puzzles is when you're on LeChuck, part of LeChuck's crew, which I also liked as well, because at first I was like, oh, here we go, we have to get a crew. We've done it in at least three other Monkey Island games. But then I liked the twist in it, that you actually have to get on LeChuck's crew, and then they don't want to find the island. They couldn't, or the secret. They couldn't care less about the secret. And you have to convince them that, hey, remember how you were inspired by LeChuck before, that he's, before he was just ranting, raving, well, he was always ranting, but more so. And uh, and that's one of the puzzles that you're kind of helping LeChuck. You could then say, yeah. you know what? It's not worth it. Yeah, fine. If you don't want to see it, okay, yeah, we won't go. We'll, we might save a lot of people a lot of butter. <laughs> um, uh, this as well. I, and I really like that, that it showed that LeChuck and Guybrush, to me, I mean, in this game, certainly, okay, LeChuck is the evil one, but Guybrush, when he cut down that tree, the animal's habitat, and he yeah. broke the crown. Well, he did all these it, things, which does it doesn't it remind you of something, like a person who is so obsessed with the secret of Monkey Island that he uh, they are willing to destroy everything around them to be able to get there. It it does remind me a lot of of, of how fa how quote unquote fans yes were behaving. I was going to say uh, that it kind of represents a little bit of nostalgia. That how nostalgia can be good, but we see this with Star Wars. We see this with other things, and I think well. A lot of it is racism, let's face it. <laughs> but other, other parts of, of yeah. yeah, but other of it is with the fans, you know, who wanted as it was, like with some of the people who didn't like the art style and the graphics that let's cut the trolls out. Um, but the, the people were like, No, I want it, I want this to be like how I felt when I was a kid playing this. You're not mm. going to get that. No. And on the to-do list, it actually said, you know, find a secret of Monkey Island and relive past glories. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. So that's again about nostalgia. That's like Guybrush is looking kind of like for the first kick, kind of like how he first felt maybe when, how people felt when they played the first secret of Monkey Island as a kid, which we're never going to get, but we can still enjoy it. I don't know that that seemed to be kind of one of the points of it that 
if we're so focused on trying to get that first experience that you know we might notice like the environment the habitat around us and uh, people in bermuda uh, there's a system that's working and um yeah that he's just leaving a trail of destruction i'm not saying nostalgia is bad but <laughs> but i think the way you use it that if it consumes you I mean, oh, it's, no, no, it's no. weird when you were saying that, Thomas, because I was just, I thought you were going to say it reminds it's a little bit in in a completely opposite way of like The Last of Us, where someone is driven. But I mean, it's obviously a completely different style, but like in <laughs> it's not as anywhere near as bleak, but like in The Last of Us, Ellie, bloody. <laughs> yeah, Ellie is driven by this need for revenge. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter mm. what happens. She needs it. And similarly, yeah. you know, Garbage is driven by this need for secret, secret monkey of Island and everyone's sort of like but why why, why, do, you, why do you need it like who cares like yeah and you when, have a wife and a family yeah <laughs> and he's just going and he's just destroying everything and it's it's interesting it is like a mm. it's it's told obviously with a much more comedic side of right, things yeah. but you know you could do quite an interesting well, last you, of us take on, on you, uh, see this, you see sort of the same in the cobra kai tv show if you've watched that mm. where people trying to relive their past glory basically results in uh a lot of misery so <laughs> it's yeah well i think nostalgia was used to be uh, a mental disease not not just a feeling but it was actually really? a disease and yeah because wow. well it basically means a sentimental longing or wistful affection for a period in the past if you keep longing for a period in the past you're not living in the present so it could be uh you can it can be addressed as a uh yeah as a mental disease a mental yeah, disorder that in that way yeah, and I think some nostalgia could be good. I mean, it's because of nostalgia we have so many great adventure games now. But yeah, like in a game, I think too much, and we do see it sometimes, as I mentioned, with some adventure game developers who, and again, look, it's everyone can make the game that they want, but who are so obsessed with the past. Like, say, this is exactly how adventure games were back in the 1980s, 1990s, that this is exactly yeah. how I'm going to make it. Now have, and have these have these people actually played the games the way is, they were back then? Yeah, because I mean that is interesting. And remember um, when when we were replaying a flight of the Amazon Queen? Yes, and I was playing it like a lot of this is actually not that player friendly. No, that's what we're talking we're... about: being intuitive, you know, player intuitive. Yeah. It's not hand holding; it's making the whole experience, I think, better. The puzzles can still be challenging, but logical as well. I'm giving, well, because there's some adventure game players who just want uh things to be like uh, you know they say challenging puzzles and they say oh i want to be stuck for days but does anybody really want that nowadays i mean who has the no. time to be no, stuck for days yeah, or even hours exactly no. i just want to enjoy the game and play the game exactly and still have a challenge plus if we but, had the if we had the internet back in the 80s no fucking way that was sorry exactly that way that we were that we were we would have been stuck for days or that we would be calling helplines or uh, uh, and, or buying through magazines or buying hint books or whatever. Exactly. There's still a bit, not as much as now, but yeah, so I think that, I mean, we could re maybe read too much into it, but I think that, yeah, that the quest for the secret is kind of like the nostalgia that Guybrush and LeChuck here, that it's driving them, that they can't see the beauty around them. And it's they're just leaving a trade of destruction. Maybe maybe that's unfair for people nowadays who want to make adventure games like they were. Because I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. There's certainly some uh, really good games in the old style as well. But it's also if you take pixel art for example, that's some of the people who were complaining with the art style. Some not all of them, but some of them wanted it to be pixel art. Um, but that was driven by nostalgia. And actually, back then, developers like Lucas Arts and Revolution and all. 
they were trying to hide the pixels because they wanted to look as good as possible. <laughs> and now people are making pixel art. It's their choice. And they're adding pixels. <laughs> and it's, there's still have been great games like Inspector Waffles and Dark Side Detective that, and even Norco on this, which we reviewed in this episode. Um, there's but, plenty of great pixel art adventure games. Yes, yeah, so it's not even uh, about that, but I think it's just it trying... Is a, it is a deliberate hmm. choice to make a pixel art adventure game. I don't think if if LucasArts or uh, Shera back in, the, back in the day could have made the choice to make it like they Absolutely. could do now, they would have done it like they could do now. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. But but yeah, I thought that was interesting, and uh, and yeah, it, then yeah. It, sorry, go ahead, Thomas. No, it, it, the way like uh, this also explains like the um, what Laura was saying about Elaine being so um, forgiving, um, forgiving, and it's like oh, it's okay, it's okay, and she's cleaning up after him, of course. Yeah, and she's like, yeah. oh, are you searching for I mean, your secret guy brush? <laughs> Yeah. Kind of nearly patronizing, not patron, but kind of like, oh, oh so cute. There was, a, yeah. there was a bit of patronization. Uh, there. Ha- have you found a secret, Guybrush? Well, I'm going to go and uh, try and cure scurvy. I'm going to try and uh, do something uh, actually do something useful. useful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially if you see the, if you know the end now. Yeah. Uh, where... Also, what, what, one thing, you know, the, the anti-vaxxer type characters, the people who didn't believe in science <laughs> yeah. and how you need to stand to kind of make it more interesting and take all science out. Now, I don't know when that part was written, but it did feel kind of like during COVID that it's like, hey, here's these scientific facts. We don't care, but here's an interesting story. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take That's that. We'll pay attention. make you feel good. Yeah. Um, I, I quite like that. But yeah, so then the ending or endings. And uh, did, did you guys expect anything like that? I mean, I kind of was thinking, okay, the secret, like h- how are they going to explain yeah. it? that make it satisfying. Just something is going to happen. We're going to find, I was thinking we're not going to find out what the secret actually is, but I was not expecting that ending, like the whole general ending. No, well, I agree. I don't know about you guys. The ending being that it is. Yeah. When you come back to melee. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a weird, there's a weird kind of amusement park thing that sort has been made. Room. Yeah. Yeah. And how that kind of works with everything you've seen. And it's like, but, was all of it fake then? Or yeah. How, and I suppose it depends on the ending that you get because with mine, um, because you get certain, there's certain things you have to do to get the different types of endings. It's the way you answer the, the questions with your kid. It's the, whether you take the key at the very end and, and, and take the secret monkey, secret monkey island t-shirt. Um, and do all that kind of stuff. Oh, um, I thought it was a stupid T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a great callback. Because I you did, yeah, because you did that. It was kind of mm. as if like he kept embellishing on the story and adding weird stuff. Mm. So, it, like he maybe never really. It was more about the journey than yeah whether he actually found it. And then he keeps adding weird bits. But there's other. I mean, depending what you say to your child about when your child questions you, wait a minute, is that what really happened? You could be like, no, it's more about the friends you made along That's the way. That's what I chose at first, and then I ah, saw okay. the yeah the friends on a boat. Yeah, so I didn't end. choose that one first. I just said, yeah, that's what really happened. Mm. Um, and then you you get the more kind of. Thing that he's probably making it up uh, as he goes along, and but you can, did you? I mean, did you know that you can just go back? Go up? back, yeah. No, yeah. I did that. Then afterwards, when I found out that there's more I than couldn't. one ending, you I get couldn't. the key, and then you use the key on the door. When no, you get, I... yeah, no, the key that stands, the stand gives you the keys. When well, he not the key, to... he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, the key yeah. the stand gives so you. you turn off the lights. Yeah, you, I you use that, that to no. unlock unlock the door, and even that come when we mentioned Laura when the the hotspots when it's what Guybrush is thinking the very final hotspot, 
uh, well, sorry to spoil this, Thomas, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it says, you know, deny everything that I've just seen and something go back to. Yeah. Uh, I found uh, that whole ending, the amusement park, the way it was presented, I found it very haunting and sad. Yeah. It, a, a bit like, just, like. With the music just finished and just silence and then. A bit like Guybrush is kind of a bit troubled, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that he's obs- obsessed with this to an almost, like you said, like a kind of illness, really. Yeah. And they're, they're like, oh, come on now, Guybrush. on we go again. And he's just there telling the same story again. Like, you really could look at this in quite a sad, serious That'd way, be... rather than they do a good job of like pulling it off and be like, ah, yeah, on, on we go on to the next adventure, whatever. But it's, yeah. um, I don't know in your ending whether do you get a bit of him just sitting on the bench yes. on his own yes, yes. yeah that, that was, was really haunting. sad it's uh and if you click on the animatronic lechuk and we do get you know with guybrush when he says yeah every time stan really ups the game here and it's really good but guess i better go back to being a flooring inspector and yeah. so that original joke in the secret of monkey island actually becomes quite sad <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that there's that anything wrong with flooring inspectors, if there are any flooring inspectors listening, but it is kind of when he goes back but, to the real world and go back to Elaine as well. You know, he's beautiful, charming, forgiving wife. But then the point <laughs> but, is, is that this yeah. is Guybrush telling this story. And does, is he actually it, a flooring happen. inspector? You just don't know. There's It's layers upon layers of yeah, things. Yeah, because and... then at the end, when Elaine says, I found some treasure or wait for yeah. treasure in Meyer Island. And then you're like, OK, is this actually really happening or is this another kind of amusement park that she wants to take him to. And exactly. It's, kind of, it's Westworld. It's, the whole thing is Westworld. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I said. Because then I was thinking the only three quote unquote real people in the game are they Stan, Guybrush, and Elaine and everybody else is either actors or robots or animatronics or what is it? Like what? Or, yeah. Or is this another story that Guybrush will tell where he's not actually going anywhere and he's just recount, you know, making yeah. up another thing? Or in, yeah, I mean, I imagination. Do, it's... I think it was the only way of doing this that wouldn't mm. be like, oh, it's this because, like, what could you do? You Nothing could never, <laughs> you could never have it. So it's very clever. It won't. It, I don't think it'll ever on like it like, because I didn't at the, at first. Mm. I didn't like that when I first got to it, but that's why, and I think I mentioned on the Discord, I need to process it because I could have easily gone on like Twitter and just said, this ending sucks. I hate Ron Gilbert, blah, 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 blah. But which I don't, by the way, Ron Gilbert, if you're listening, I'd love you on the podcast. <laughs> but um, no, at first I didn't like the ending and I thought, no, this, this is, this, this I, I, you know, I, I don't like it. It's too haunting. It's too sad. It's, it's not what I wanted. But then I started thinking more and more about it. And I mean, I was reading one or two articles about what people thought. Then I started thinking of it a different way. And like you said, Laura, yeah, it does make sense. Because I was thinking what they could have done is have another battle with Guybrush and the Chuck. And then he beats the Chuck and then he opens the chest and he sees a T-shirt. And then it goes to uh, Guybrush talking to the son. But then it would be different. It wouldn't have the same effect if you don't mm. see it as an animatronic. So that's one way it could have been because it is anticlimactic, but I guess yeah, that's the is. point. Yeah. Um, but then when you're saying he's embellishing and embellishing, did it make sense that Guybrush would make the story so anticlimactic in this way? Because if he had the big fight with LeChuck and then uh, if he opens the chest then and you think you're going to find a secret and then you see the T-shirt, if he did, done I that, you could... I didn't open the chest. Oh, yeah, that's not? the thing, because then uh, you would you have, have got to. a different you would have got a different ending then because of that, because that's mm. another ending. You have to open the chest to get a particular 
Oh, yeah. Well, so, sorry for well. spoiling it again, Thomas. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was aware of that after, okay. afterwards, but it just, um, I actually, uh, like you get to shut off, you get to shut off the lights. Yeah. And mm. um, then you go the lane. And 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 he said, "Oh well, that stand really made it uh, made it very difficult this time." And I'm like, "Okay, he's gonna come back next time. He's <laughs> gonna go again." And he didn't take the key for the chest. No. Oh, interesting. No, I don't Which even is... think I had the option to do that. You would have. Oh, done. You're not you... sure. You would have done. Yeah. But um, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to, and that's another ending. Um, the dialogue options are an ending, different endings, and whether you take the key or take the open I think the I chest. Just, I just shut everything down. Yeah. I don't even remember yeah. seeing a key. Well, I got the key from Stan. Yes, that and there's key. another key. There's another I key think for it's... the chest. Yeah, yeah, I, said, I, think, I, never, says, I never got that one. The locksmith. Well, yeah, well, Guybrush says, uh, oh, in the end, it was so easy to get. It didn't think it would be just yeah. easy to get the key. And then he opens the chest and says, oh, all I get was this funny. Like, and he's very sad. Like He's very monosyllabic when he's talking about it and he's and it's kind of like a sad ending and then you know like as you mentioned elaine is kind of like okay guy time to go home my ending was not as sad then maybe not my ending was not as sad at least not the way i interpreted it what was sad is if you try to stay underwater for more than 10 minutes Ah. and then for more than two minutes (laughs) that you actually die well, yeah. I, yeah, what, yeah. What was, I also liked how, um, you know, previously mentioned that he can hold the breath for 10 minutes, but now is it seven minutes or eight minutes? Eight, eight, eight yeah. yeah. And you have a conversation with your child as well about that. So, okay, I'm getting older. <laughs> My lungs aren't what they used to be. Um, and like, what, what was that uh, ending as well? That Guybrush never had any family or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that, yeah. That, and then you just see an empty, empty bench because he died and he never <laughs> had any kids with Elaine so uh, which is yeah. quite haunting as well very sad uh, as well it's quite sad yeah um but but yeah uh, but yeah no, you know I have a thing come around to the to the ending that you know is it is it, I wouldn't be I think it was done better than Monkey Island 2 the Chuck because Monkey Island 2 the Chuck's Revenge came out of nowhere and it did feel like a like a riff on Star Wars where this time it felt like this is properly thought out um, and if you see, don't know with Laura, particularly if you remember when you played Secret Monkey Island, because I am replaying it as well when I get the chance. But there are hints that this is amusement park. There's vending machines of, you know, cola and different things. I saw a video from someone on YouTube that just kind of picked out uh, hints that this is an amusement park. And so it kind of makes more sense then. If I see if I can find it again. Um, but uh, But yeah, no, it's definitely... Uh, it's definitely an ending that will be talked about. And another thing as well, and I'm not going to spoil this for Thomas because he hasn't played Timberweed Park, but I thought the ending was better here than in Timberweed Park. And I thought the whole game was better. That I thought it, yeah, I thought I it dealt I with agree. nostalgia better. I mean, I thought, Ron Shaw does love his kind of weird meta. He does. Uh, pulling away the rug sort of thing, doesn't he? He doesn't like a just straightforward kind of, and that was that Apart ending. from the secret of Monkey Island. Yeah, yeah, I guess that one was. Yeah, to be fair, that was probably but one of his. Few, after that, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. And he's gone way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I did think that the references and the way it dealt with nostalgia was done better in this game than in Timberweed Park. I thought Timberweed Park was just making references for this. Some of it was good. I and mean, again, I don't hate Timberweed Park by any means. There were moments that I laughed out loud in it, but 
I thought it was done better here that as we talked about the nostalgia and how it drives us and Guybrush with the secret and in the ending it it was quite haunting it did make a certain kind of sense um, but as I said it's going to be uh, divisive and even I think you have to process it but I think I'm coming around to to liking it <laughs> I have to try out all the other endings um, as well so uh, do, do you not guys know where this would fit in uh, overall uh, ranking of Monkey Island games at least the first two or of course, I know it's been a while maybe since Thomas, because like myself, since I've played all the Monkey Island games, but I never played Escape and I never played the Telltale games, even though I do own them, I should play the Telltale games. So, so then compared uh, to the Curse of Monkey Island and The Secret and Monkey Island 2, from what you remember, uh, where would you rank this? I mean, I guess you might have to replay them to remember. <laughs> Like well, me. I I do think Curse will still be my uh my favorite one of the of of, mm. of the four that I played, uh, and the rest is about the same. Mm. Um, I always feel that if you rank something, that people think, well, oh, if it's not number one, then it's bad. No, it's yeah. it's not. It's that just is true. That's fair, the one yeah. that I play that I like the most. Um, is probably Curse, but maybe I should just play all of them in a row uh, in the future and um see what what that does. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed playing them all. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, I still I still look back fondly at uh, playing Monkey Island Two on the Amiga with its fifteen discs uh, and disc swapping all the time, and and that was that was worth it back uh, back then. So you know, it's um, it's great if I if I if I play it now, it's I still I'm still playing a good game, and I still mm -hmm. get a bit of the feeling that I had when I played them when I was younger. Exactly, um, and, the, but... and the same was here with uh, with Return to Monkey Island. Um, I uh, it was it was just great to be back in that world again. Yeah, that was no, that was the, my my main my main thing. That's also why I wanted to savor it so for so long. I mean, who knows how long we'll still have to wait till we get another something like this? Maybe we will never get something like this again. So yeah, well. We can talk about that. Yeah, that's true. This did feel like an event for adventure games. Yeah. Uh, which we don't, as we said, there are plenty of really, really good adventure games, but a, an adventure game that's so mainstream um, like this, uh, it's very, very rare. Um, so, and yeah, no, how, well, sorry, Laura, where, where would you uh, to ask you? Because you recently replayed Secret yeah, and Monkey Island 2. Yeah, it's really hard. I know to, it is <laughs> to do that. It's very difficult. I mean, I really enjoyed getting back into um, two. You know, mm. I forgot how good that was. Like, and I, I think for me, I just I like the thing when you've got there's a load of puzzles you've got to solve at once, and it's kind of in your mind filtering through it. Okay, how do I? And you've got to almost there's so much to solve, but it becomes like this system, and you you get into it. And I really like that in Return that you, you got that in Part Four, where it was mm. all the different islands. I think Return was easier than uh, yeah, two, definitely, um, <laughs> because again, it didn't have the pixel hunting and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, it's really hard. I like two, uh, but then one is great as like a the sort of genesis of it all. But then the curse is brilliant and I escape was your first escape oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i don't know I'd, I'd have to think about it i don't know i don't think i can rank them i, know, I don't it's, think it's i can very hard i mean because I, I think i played did i play first the curse of monkey island so that's and but then i, I really like the secret i like the simplicity i'm replaying that and actually the puzzles are really good in it they're not too difficult they're not illogical again i 
maybe because I know most of the puzzles because I've played this case so many yeah, times. Yeah, that's true. That does um, help. <laughs> although I think with Monkey Island 2, I still struggle because I haven't played that. It's bigger, so I haven't played that as often. And it's been a and long I think time. What also happens is you kind of re- sort of remember the puzzles, but not completely. And then you, you're you like, oh, wait, I know I've got to use this <laughs> item somewhere. And then you're using it in the wrong bit because you can't quite remember exactly what you're supposed to do. So sometimes yeah, yeah, it's even yeah, harder. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, but I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's definitely, uh, I mean, not a return to four, but you know, that this definitely is probably as good as Monkey Island one and two, maybe or just about. I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. There's yeah. not much. There's there's not much between them. The, my issue is just. I think it is the nostalgia factor yes. that it's. I think that is strong for one and two, and you obviously can't have that with a game you've just played. Exactly. Even if it's yeah, got yeah. the elements, so it will always win out a little bit more those first two, even though I feel like Return is just as good in in yeah. most ways. Definitely. And do you think so? Then you think it it would without the nostalgia. It, it still meets because I didn't think it could possibly meet expectations. Um, but I think it because when I was playing it, when I was now reviewing it, I was trying to remove the nostalgia, remove, but then it's nearly impossible. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think we like should. This... I think we should mark this game down for having too many Monkey Island references. <laughs> <laughs> now you see, I think that this game can get away with it because it is Monkey Island, whereas for me, Timbleweed Park. And again, it's a, it's an original property. But when it had Monkey Island references, I was kind of like, wait, this is throwing me. Why does it have Monkey Island? And that's what that's why I feel with other adventure games that reference Monkey Island. It does kind of throw me a little bit that it's like, wait, now I just want to play Monkey Island. But if you're already playing Monkey Island, then yeah, you know, um, I think you can get away with it. I don't know if that makes sense. But, um, but no, I liked how it used nostalgia in this case. And I liked how... Uh, you know, that it felt like its own game. It felt like, as you mentioned, Laura, a modern game. Uh, they didn't just try and just retreat what they'd already done. They tried, but they did some new things while then doubling down on the original ending of Monkey Island 2, but I think probably in a better, more haunting way. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you guys would like to add? Have we covered just about everything? I don't. I don't. Uh, we could go on and on. But I know. Without boring anyone anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, well, again, let us know what you thought of Monkey Island. Did it meet your expectations? Did you like the ending? Did you like the beginning? How it explained the ending of Monkey Island 2? And again, just what you, do you agree with Laura about Elaine that she seemed more forgiving? And what do you think about that? Um, every time I every time I heard Elena, it made me think of Laura because she, they sound, kind of sound the same. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so I heard that Elaine is based on Laura, Dennis. <laughs> Even Shush, though you're probably Jeff. born. <laughs> Even though people probably weren't. Were you born when Secret I Monkey Island? Little plunder bunny. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I think we discussed. Okay, so get, let us know what you think. I think we need to finish up because yeah, I, we should probably should. Sorry, uh, <laughs> we should turn off the light on this. On yeah, this we, I think uh, I think are you handing me the keys, Laura? We have to go back to reality. Uh, yeah, go back to work in the morning. Keys to the podcast. I have to finish the podcast. Yeah, but but what are we playing next? I mean, are you ready? Is that it for adventure games? Are all adventure games dead yeah, and that's over? It now. Yeah, we'll bury, we'll bury him now. We don't have to play anymore. We've got a, we got a, a sequel to Monkey Island. Yeah, this is no, the end of the podcast. We're going to turn the lights off on the podcast. So thanks, guys. It's been it's been a while. Unless there are other adventure games. Um, Would there be? Yeah. Th- Thomas, not. are you playing any other 
yes, adventure playing, games. Are there, play, are there other adventure a, games other than Monkey Island? Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing a lot. I started playing a Plague Doctor of Wipra. Oh yes. Uh, which the um, developer was so very kind to give me a, a review yes. key. So I started on that, but I um, I have to finish that. So I'm going to be rev definitely reviewing that one next week. And I also have the excavation of Hobbs Barrow, yes. and I have monorail stories, both <laughs> games that came out uh, quite recently. All these games, I think Plague Doctor will come out about three days after we record this. And uh, monorail stories came out last week, and Hobbs Barrow as well. And I also started on Black Book. Which, um, if you remember, has a lot of Slavic uh, mythology and stuff, where you play a witch, and it has a bit of RPG elements in it. Um, which will be—I I started on that one, but I put it on pause because of those other three new games that came up. So I got—I got a lot to play. Yeah, luckily, lot. All, wow, that's now feel a lot better. Are, all of them are <laughs> Steam Deck uh, uh, appropriate, so <laughs> I can have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, no, fantastic. No, I feel a lot better. We've got plenty more to look forward to. And uh, Laura, anything in particular that you're playing? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be playing the uh, excavation of Hobbs Barrow. Another one. Yeah, we and, should mention uh, also, who, who, yes, who, who this is by. It's um, another big release. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's by the people who made Sumatra, Fate of Yandy, mm. which was uh, a game I really, uh, Cloak and Dagger uh, games. Yeah, they've made uh, a walk in the park, a date in the park, sorry. Um, yeah, they've made loads of like fun, yeah. well, interesting, I was saying. It was fun, they're, they're quite spooky. Quite a lot of the work, like football game was kind of scary yes, as well. I remember. Um, but and anyway, yeah. So... And it's published by Wajidai. Yes, this one, is, yeah. this one is. Yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah which, that is kind of a stamp of quality already. And it's, Pretty it's much. Already it's, the, it's... Dave Gilbert mentioned on Twitter that uh, this has already, I think, outsold most of the other games that uh, Wajidai Games have published. And he's published, they've published some really good games. But yeah. this game seems to be striking a chord with people as well. So, well, we shall see what we think about it. I hope to play that as well. And other games as well. Sorry, Laura. You're oh, I was just going to say, and Curse of the Golden Idol, which, yes, um, yeah, I really like the demo of this when yeah. I think it was Steam Next Fest or something, mm -hmm. and um, really cool kind of detective, 18th century detective game. Felt very much like a return of the Obra Dinn in the sense that you can't guess stuff and you're going into these rooms and you've got to work out what's happened and placing sort of different words and, and work out who the people who died are and all that kind of stuff. Very kind of Obra Dinn-like mm. and uh, pixel art-like. Uh, and yeah, that's sound, I, I hope that's as good as the demo because I really definitely, like Definitely. No, I'll hope to. I mean, I have a long list of adventure games and try. I mean, I was been trying to play Siberia since the beginning of the year, and now I'm trying a <laughs> Norco, which I got through. And then there's still more games. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a good but, thing. It's a good. Yeah. Well, um, uh, um, do you remember? Uh, you you guys told me to play Overboard, so I recently played that as well. Um, so that's also a very very cool game. What much is. cooler than you made it look like? So. <laughs> oh really? Oh, I thought we liked that was your favorite game. No, 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 you you were no that was a, that was a joke. You you were very. Oh okay about okay it, so. yeah yeah no it's it's fantastic as well. So plenty of adventure games coming up. Plenty of adventure games to play. One of which being Return to Monkey Island. But uh, great how both Ben Wasokal and Ron Gilbert um, that they're still showing kind of how it's done, you know. But they're still great new developers as well of and so many different kinds of games we had a, a game where you can literally talk and i really hope that people check that game out that it doesn't get lost in all the hype of these other games and norco as well very different but really good so 
yeah, I think we'll leave it with that. We're also going, or at least Laura and I are going to Adventure X, but I think we'll be recording before then. Um, so we'll be talking yeah. about that then. And unfortunately, Thomas, you can't make it this year, but uh, you'll be there in spirit. Yeah. And um, and yeah. hopefully next year. Um, but yeah, so thank you, everyone. If you're still listening, I don't know who is still listening. <laughs> thank three, you. Yeah. Three hours later, it's probably the Oof. longest episode we've done. But hey, look, um, thank you to everyone. Uh, hope everyone. I enjoyed this. <laughs> we're still listening, and we'll be back in just uh, just a couple of weeks, I think, just a few weeks. Yes. So, um, so take care, everybody. Keep on questing. Bye. So, if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you. Thank you.